Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. I am a Chicago-based entrepreneur, author, pop culture commentator, podcast host. For the purposes of this episode, I am a I'm a, a shower enthusiast, bridal or baby. I don't I, I I don't discriminate. Been to definitely more bridal than baby. Uh, for somebody that really resents uh, bathing, I sure do love a shower. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually was looking this up, the term shower, like where it stems from. And I guess it's from when women had parasol umbrellas, like their friends were just like chuck toaster ovens at them. You know, they had to protect themselves. <laughs> also, I just said I hate bathing. I, you, you know what I mean? Like I, I do it and I don't mind it. But like I hate like drying my hair. And also I hate stepping out in the morning when it's cold. Like I just that I just resent the hell out of a cold Chicago winter morning, stepping out of the shower back into the cold air when I've barely shaken off the secondhand anxiety from an all too vivid melatonin induced dream in an incomplete REM cycle. Probably after spending the previous night worrying about my biological clock ticking, followed by some light stalking of the price points of my friends' new homes and suddenly rocking myself to sleep with a slow but steep comparison of my life decisions to theirs. <laughs> Did I just black out anyone else? Um, it, you know, they say comparison is a thief of joy, but I'd argue quotes like that are robbing me of my free will to indulge in some guilty comparison now and again because it's almost a masochistic effort to get myself to work a little harder. Yeah, it robs me of joy, but it also fills me with some sort of mm, self-satisfying pity in terms of, well, if I didn't live in a city, well, you know, if I hadn't taken the road less traveled, <laughs> what was the cost of living in insert random southwestern suburb here anyway? <laughs> it's a really productive, good use of time. And as a person with a platform, an incredibly responsible message for me to be sending Anyway, we all do it, right? It's whatever. I mean, don't post that you got a new house if you don't want me to look up how much it costs. Like, simple as that. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, I've had a bit of a long week. Um, I, I wanted to just do an episode that was more of an escape and was more fun and, you know, where we can reminisce and I can share other people's stories so they're not just mine. I want to start by saying, and I've said this before on the podcast, like, I genuinely do feel for brides affected by COVID-19. I understand the, you know, physical and emotional labor that goes into planning a wedding and the amount of money involved and therefore also the amount of personal investment involved and how your whole life is kind of rotating around this one schedule and the amount of pressure on people. Beyond that, the involvement of loved ones and the confusing trajectory of you know, the pandemic and not knowing when it'll end or how severe it'll be and postponing dates and all the while, like bleeding money, disagreeing with family members on when you should do what and uh, how you should manage groups. And beyond all of the logistical stress, the disappointment of having been to everybody else's milestone with milestone celebrations with bells on going to all these bachelorettes and weddings, being a bridesmaid, going to showers, going to other people's baby showers. All of these things when you just kind of imagine and hope your time will come where you will be celebrated and then to have an outside unpreventable circumstance prevent you from celebrating your important milestone in the way you had always dreamed of. I understand how that's disappointing, which is a huge understatement. I, I, I completely honor your feelings toward that. And I think that your 
absolutely allowed to be upset and disappointed, angry at times, whatever, what, however you feel about this, like lean into it. And I, and let yourself experience it. As I've talked about before, they tell you in therapy, pain is pain. And the way to not process pain is to deny its existence, regardless of how trivial it is relative to other concerns of the world. And I think there's an issue right now when we're dealing with something with incredible magnitude, like health, um, that is the most paramount thing. Your own personal interests and events and things like weddings and showers and celebrations seem so trivial in the face of that, and others will be quick to draw attention to that disparity of relative importance. But that doesn't mean you're not allowed to be uh, disappointed, and that doesn't mean you're not allowed to mourn the loss of these particular events or feel incredibly frustrated at the ongoing postponement. I certainly... I I I I don't know. Like, trust me. Like, I mourn this constantly for my own purposes. That, and I think about myself in the wedding planning process, and I would be devastated. And I plan I planned an out of the country wedding. Like, the the anxiety I, you, you must feel not knowing when the world will go back to normal and to what degree it will be a similar level of normal and what the new normal even looks like. I get and I honor it and I don't trivialize it. And I think that. If anything, people have given you guys a hard time for caring when there's theoretical bigger things to be worrying about, but that doesn't reduce your own interior pain in any way. And I don't want to do this episode to rub salt in the wound. I don't want to make this triggering or any worse for you. Rather, I'm like hugely missing these events just as an attendee. And I kind of wanted to virtually experience one together and to like laugh about it and to, I don't know, familiarize ourselves with the conversation and the thing that things that happen at these events and how joyful they are and to ultimately look forward to their return and to not be a harsh reminder of their absence. I think we can celebrate these sorts of occasions and hopefully without it being taken personally. And of course, I can't create a podcast episode that is going to be catered to everybody's specific situation and sensitivities. I do the best I can. But honestly, I... I feel like historically, like especially bridal showers, if somebody tells you they're going to one, the response is kind of like, oh, sorry. Like people, I feel like attendees often do not love showers because it's like another event, another gift, another price point. But they're incredibly special for the person who the event is is uh, celebrating. Right. Um, But now I really think this is going to change. And I think these events will be all the more special and we will be able to congregate again. things will get back to normal and as loved ones and friends of people that are being denied their celebrations i do think it's important we remember that we should still be throwing people showers and bachelorettes and events even if they get married first and we should still have these events and i think something about even doing that after the fact is a little bit funny and could be even better because you could enjoy them without the anxiety of like bridesmaids politics and wedding planning and if you're like you know in an intense workout regimen or something you know like i had trouble enjoying some of these milestones in the face of the more stressful larger event and maybe there's there's a way to make it work. Who knows? I think that's on us as your loved ones. But you as as the bride or as the new mom or whatever shower thing you're missing, um, I don't want you to feel uh, slighted or like you're missing out. Rather, I do think that they, it, it, depending on the timing of things, if you do have these at a later date when we're, we're congregating again, people will appreciate these so much more. I will I will fly to a shower like I don't even care anymore. I used to truly feel like they were an imposition and I... I'm mortified that I ever felt that way because now I I dream about waking up a little earlier than usual on a Saturday or Sunday because I probably have to go out to the suburbs to your godmother's house and trying to find something to wear because I don't usually wear bright colors or sundresses, but that's kind of your the vibe at a shower. And that's really the only time I almost feel like I'm dressed up in theme as an attendee of a bridal shower. So I'm sifting through my closet, going through old sundresses 
that I've like labeled as a Poshmark pile that all the clothes are very much out of style and very much don't fit me anymore. But because I paid $88 for the Aqua brand of Bloomingdale's, I still want to retain some sort of retail value. And now that I can't sell it on Poshmark because it is out of style and I am lazy, I am waiting for a full fashion cycle for a day when I possibly can recapture some of the resale value because I did convince myself it was worth it at the time and I did not wear it enough. And I am delusional in that I think that this item will, will not have to ultimately fully depreciate because when I do the Marie Kondo exercise of does this spark joy, it sparks joy for me to think about making money off a thing I no longer want. So then I keep it and hold on to it till I can get the value that I want for it. But I never will. And I will end up getting rid of it. I like to go through that pile to find something to wear to a, a bridal shower. I kid you not, I've had the same jean jacket for 15 years. And there have been three fashion cycles where it has gone in and out of style. And every time it comes back, I am glad I have the jean jacket. <laughs> I feel the same way about maxi skirts. There was a time for a bold maxi dress and maxi skirt i still wear these sometimes in the city they drag on the ground i don't wear them as much anymore but there was a very distinct 2012 to 2015 vibe you know you saw blair Edie with a, an amazing low chignon a popped chambray collar a layering of pearls and various j crew accoutrements along with an arm party and a, a bright lavender maybe pleated mid-rise maxi skirt maybe she had a chanel pin on the chambray and it was just this perfect pop of color matched with a basic that you could indeed wear day to night and as we know a pulitzer worthy uh blog post title on most of 2012's finest i i i, I do remember the heyday of the pop of color maxi skirt and i don't see them as much anymore but given that Addison Ray was just spotted outside of boa steakhouse which i'm convinced sponsors the hype house and the sway house she was spotted wearing um, a straight leg khaki trouser that is mid to low rise with the bulky biz cash pockets and the slit back pockets that are reminiscent of a true 2002 Old Navy classic, maybe paired with a performance fleece and or a vest that is attached to an Oxford shirt. If we're at about 2002, um and on the the gen zer style it's only gonna it's gonna be less than a decade before we get back to maxi skirts and i will be there to capture that 16 dollar margin that i once lost <laughs> truly like i'm seeing people wear khakis on tiktoks like we do not need slit pockets in this climate do you do you think i want to spend my days trying to fight social injustice and then having to also adjust the fabric in my back pocket so it doesn't appear to be some sort of VPL. You have to constantly be straightening so it doesn't look like there's crinkly fabric on your backside. Do you, do you think we need to be spending time during an election year ironing, uh, uh, forming pleats into figure unflattering straight leg pants? Do, do you think I, I want to be having to deal with issues like insurance no longer covering birth control by certain employers? Am I supposed to be facing these societal inflexibilities with the most inflexible fabric on the planet we we, we move 2015 was the first time denim was outsold by by activewear i think it still is being outsold the the real khaki um purists the, the people really behind the what i'd call color but i guess is technically a fabric they feel frustrated that they were locked into trouser mentality according to this uh, article on racked they said the downfall of khaki is having to continue to identify itself with trousers or slacks instead of saying we are a fabric. It's a great fabric. Sorry, <laughs> That's how I'm, I'm laughing. Are there like political action committees like lobbyists for khaki? This is hilarious. There were never khaki fabric jackets or straight leg khakis. They didn't design it 
into what people want to wear. The fabric industry allowed khaki to become locked into an identity that is gone. Worse than polarizing, it is forgotten. I mean, shit, guys. That's a little sad, actually. Should we um, eulogize khaki for a moment? I'm just kidding. Uh, and if you still wear khakis, I, I know people wear business casual. I understand, like, work slacks. My, I mean, boys wear khaki, like, daily. But you get what I mean. There's, like, this the teenage American Eagle Abercrombie Old Navy gap type khaki from the early 2000s that is just yeah it's gone and the khaki council of america clearly isn't happy about it and i'm just a little fearful seeing people like addison ray bring it back because there's truly no less flattering pant on me so perhaps i'm addressing this for selfish reasons i just would implore you to explore other fabrics other colors other fits prior to really doubling down back into slack slacks mentality well it doesn't look awful with the tube top which is what addison ray was doing which is very american eagle 2002 i just think that we've moved on to high waist pastures that now enable me to sit down on any futon anywhere in america without reaching for the nearest throw pillow to put over my stomach only to realize dudes don't only not only not have throw pillows they barely have one lint pillow for themselves that you probably have to share if you sleep over. Obviously, I wasn't doing that when I was wearing American Eagle, but you know what I mean. They, a lot of people have futons at house parties. A lot of people don't really go the extra mile for the accoutrements and the, the, the texture, the color, and the ambiance that a throw pillow does provide, though at an Airbnb, I would recommend you not touch them. And it's not that I put a throw pillow over myself back in the day, you know, because people, you know, because I shouldn't be allowed to just like let my buffalo chicken wrap digest and, you know, have people deal with it around me. It was because I felt personally victimized by commercials like Slim Fast that made me think I wasn't supposed to have anything hanging over my incredibly low rise jeans and that I needed something to put in front of myself in an effort to feel comfortable. But I've since evolved and realized I don't have to modify my appearance to make others around me find me more appealing and be more comfortable with my weight or my size or the way my skin hangs over my pants rather i just exist now because i'm in my 30s and i don't care um but we have moved on to a highways territory that just in general is more comfortable to sit down in from a standpoint of like crack exposure you know what i mean like i spend the better part of my adolescence well first it's like you're put you're put in endless atmospheres where you're supposed to sit crisscross applesauce in front of all of your peers and you just are endlessly like wiggling and tugging up your belt loops then to only reach an age where you're like okay we have camis now i can i can layer them i can forever be pulling down a shirt that's tunic length below another shirt because that's chic as hell that that gave us gave us rope for for a little while at least during the era where i was sitting in classroom chairs that had a very convenient gap from the back to the chair seat, which was prime, uh, it's like a, a bullseye for whale tail zone. But all the while, we were just correcting for what was a very obvious problem. The pants were too low to sit down in, and we needed higher waist pants. We are at this point now where we have solved this problem, and I hope we stay here. And I just would challenge any, any you know, fashion-forward youngster to really think about the societal implications of bringing back low rise. It, it's really to nobody's benefit. I have spent a lot of time thinking about this in the context of the Britney Spears deep dive I am doing because she never graduated from it. And I think this is a major clue to her mental state. Last thing, and then I swear I'll get back on topic. Uh, the classroom chairs that had the three vertical slits as opposed to like 
the back panel gap and then seat, the three vertical slits with the, the two screws on it. Do you remember how painful it was to constantly get your hair stuck in that? That was the pits. And then to the point of sitting crisscross applesauce with your peers in an assembly, best case scenario, some girl in your class you don't like that much is a little touchy-feely, plays with your hair, you have the best day ever. Even better case scenario that in retro is maybe a little bit creepy, but I hugely appreciated is a little bit of a crack and egg on your head with the yolk rundown situation. Is it weird to be, you know, lectured uh, by a dare officer while getting a tight squeeze cool breeze? Now you've got the shiveries. Yeah, I'm not going to stop it, though. These are the things that I lived for to this day, like probably three or four times a week. I ask Greg to crack an egg on my head and let the yolk run down. <laughs> Stab a knife in your back, let the blood run down in retro, a little bit graphic, but spiders crawling up your back personal nightmare metaphorical dream i don't know I, I i am i am here for all of those back and hair games because i i think where people get audible asmr i get like i i'm a i'm i'm here for back scratching i've always wanted to open up you know how people have like 10 minute chair massage places i want to sit in the, one of those chair massage chairs and just get a back scratch like so sue me i've been told that's creepy i, I don't know i i, I the, the, it's, it's an unmatched sensation that calms me, so soothes me, lulls me to sleep like nothing can, even in the most dire of high-stress situations. And the fact that I have to rely on somebody I know and love to do that is quite a burden, because he's not always in the mood, then sometimes needs both hands. <laughs> I just want a more permanent back-scratching solution, and I am willing to pay for it, but I don't know how to make that not weird. And if anybody has any ideas, please advise. What was I saying? Oh, I was talking about how I, I loved getting ready for showers in my day and going through my Poshmark pile of clothes I'll never resell, but getting to wear a slightly dated, maybe a little too tight style because you want to wear like bright colors. And, you know, I used to dress brighter and a little more adjacent to like a lily preppy vibe, which does typically go over well with the suburban moms. And so I kind of put on a costume of a person that attends a bridal shower and I, I, you know, every time I, re I reach the same conclusion, I look at myself and I'm like, this is this is a, a bit bit cleavagey for a family function. But if I can't wear a slightly revealing sundress to your godmother's home in a bougie suburb of a city you once lived in and be feeling myself in the mirror of what she definitely calls the powder room of her home, that while sprawling somehow feels intimate with its colonial architecture or maybe Cape Cod windows, it's dark woods, brass accents, signature scents, tasseled throw pillows, and one of those old money neighborhoods that actually has trees? If I can't look in the framed mirror over a pedestal sink of in a deliciously smelling powder room feeling myself after your godmother and her pals like Williams in Sonoma tell me that I have such a cute figure, then where the hell else am I going to get my compliments? My husband? Like, God, no. I rely on these functions to be feeling myself. I, I love a Saturday spent in one of my slightly dated, too tight sundresses, dodging the vegetables I'm allergic to in a pasta salad, hovering over the caprese skewers with a mozz ball, a cherry tomato, and a leaf of basil, exploring looking for the one with the most balsamic glaze on it, because let's be honest, without it, they're a little bit bland. I, I take a hard left and stop everything at a... When I see the language of the gods, when my prayers are answered, I'm probably back in Virginia, and if you know what a White House role is, then you understand... I see there are ham biscuits with like that brown sugar butter spread on a White House roll or something remnant of a small Parker House roll. And I realize I didn't leave enough real estate on my plate for ham biscuits. So then I'm forced to chat while I kind of strategize the best way to eat the smaller finger foods I accidentally filled my plate up with before I got to the main event and figure out, God, how do I eat 
like these bell peppers and ranch from this veggie tray while not having the ranch completely permeate and take over my cheese cubes. There's got to be a better way. Meanwhile, I am just powering through this conversation with your cousin Lisa because I need more mimosas in, in order to enjoy it. But before I can do that, I do have to prioritize aforementioned ham biscuits. So I just spend the whole time listening and eating and then excusing myself only to go back to the table, grab a few strategic biscuits and act like I've picked up three or four because they're connected and that'd be too awkward to put my hands on the other people's biscuits and then go back to the mimosa place only when people are called into the other room for another reason. I refill my drink so people don't really notice so they're not like, geez, you came to party like, oh, help yourself. You know, when people say things to you that are a little passive aggressive, but you're like, as a hostess, it's like kind of rude to suggest my plate's too full. I got too much food or I'm drinking too much. But as you know, one of the first times I went to a function with Greg's relatives, I ate so many Cheez-Its, they handed me the box on the way out. I was like, hello, okie doke, note taken. And then when like all of the other like millennial young women go off in a room and, and chat amongst themselves, like all the sorority sisters or whatever, and don't talk to any of the older women or like parents, friends or godparents or aunts there, I like to take this time to shine and you know, really exceed the very low expectations they have for millennial women when I can tell they're so annoyed when people are saying like too much or saying something inappropriate or cursing or whatever. I like to just like blow them away by letting like your mom's friend Terry take me aside and show me her, I don't know, like collection of Norman Rockwell prints. And then to impress her, I say things like, there really just hasn't been anybody else to truly capture the spirit of 20th century Americana. And she's like, exactly. And then offers me an Irish coffee. And then we giggle in the corner and form a 40 minute kinship that will truly cease to exist after this party. But in the moment, it feels right because I'm doing my due diligence to represent a uh, dynamic millennial young woman by showcasing that I, unlike my uh, sorority sisters in the sunroom who are playing a drinking game, I both appreciate the arts and the alcohol, you know? This is obviously hypothetical, but I'm kind of grouping a bunch of scenarios together and thinking of how I would behave at a shower now that I'm fantasizing about attending one because I miss them so, so dearly. The tough part is when, so there's two types of, of showers. And obviously, guys, as you know, I, I'm from Virginia. I only know the place I grew up in. I think that we have more traditional wedding standards and like milestone celebrations than maybe other places do. I don't know. That's why I crowdsource. Also, a lot of this uh, bougie joy was based on the wealth and privilege of the people who invited me that I just got to vicariously enjoy. I don't pretend that these scenarios are normal, but perhaps are relatable in some senses of just going to some stranger's house and like hoping for the best when you don't know a lot of people there. I think it's fun to you can look at it as an obligation or you can engage and make the most of it. And I think the latter is the way to go. And I think that especially following this isolation of quarantine, that's the way we should all go. Um, I think, too, it's really it's, you can hear talk about like shaking and barking in the back. Sorry. Um, it's also very eye opening to take my husband to a baby shower because. They like I guess like I, I'm so used to the format, but men maybe more now but like historically in my relationship i'm the only one that's invited to it so greg came with me once and like he was kind of hungry and there was a game that was like eat baby food and he was like i don't know i'll try it we, we both are into games i've never seen somebody so horrified shocked appalled he still talks about it to this day it was the worst thing that ever happened to him he could not believe how disgusting the baby food was i think he thought it was going to be applesauce and it made me laugh really hard i know better than to fall into that trap 
I know better than to involve myself in any sort of game that involves me to put any sort of chocolate item in a diaper and or sniff it. I refuse. I will not do it. I have standards. I do not like when people put creepy stuff on onesies about how mommy and daddy had to like do it in order for the baby to happen. I, I, I do not like many things associated with baby showers. Uh, but I thought of even doing this whole episode because Adrian Cooper, who I love, who's a fan of the podcast and um, a Facebook mod, um, she brought up on the PowerPoint uh, how, oh, it, there was a presentation about placenta, um, like what you do with your placenta after birth. And she was saying, like, it's her favorite thing to bring up at a baby shower because it's like, if you're going to make me sniff a diaper and eat baby food, then like, let's talk about what you're going to do with this like organ you 3D printed yourself. And I'm like, yeah, totally. That's an interesting convo. And actually, that was a really interesting PowerPoint that I acted really mature during because I have issues with blood and can't even watch Grey's Anatomy. But story for a different day. I honor a woman's body uh, and ability to birth a child. But it's just something I'm not very comfortable with yet, nor am I great with like, yeah, fake dirty diapers in the form of like food at a sh I, I Yeah, I can't. Anyway. I have more experience with bridal showers than baby showers, though um, it was funny when I took Greg to one because he afterward, when he was debriefing it to me, it made me laugh really hard because I was kind of like, yeah, where have you been? He was like, wait, so you sit in a circle and don't like really talk and you feel like a little bit awkward getting up for like drinks or food because technically like kitchen and bar is like maybe close because this is maybe ending soon, but you also might be get caught in like a lot of conversation. So you want to keep drinking but like okay you sit in a circle and you watch somebody open gifts and be utterly shocked and delighted to open gifts that they themselves picked out and then you you allow them to profusely thank you and you feel like so thoughtful having just gone to the registry and like picked something that again they already picked out but they're very honored that you got them and i'm like yes sherlock where do you think i've been all these saturdays sorting through my poshmark pile only to leave in an age-inappropriate cleavage outfit and come back with a sense of increased confidence I would never get in this home because at least Judy told me I have a cute figure. <laughs> I'm, just I'm making this up. Greg is very sweet. But don't you feel like women compliment you in highly specific ways that men never could? Um, like, I've had people compliment on, like, the tailoring of my uh, outfit at a wedding-adjacent function. I'm like, thank you for noticing the structural quality that I ensured my ensemble has because I care about detail too and I appreciate your appreciation of this detail. If you follow me on Instagram, you've noticed I've like, have been experimenting with like corkscrew Taylor Swift Speak Now level curls because the second and third day they fall into like a beachy wave I'm into. He doesn't notice. It's, it's, it's honestly astounding. Um, and, and on the one hand, it makes me feel like an, more of like an Erica Jane, Dorit Kemsley type chameleon where I could just like be doing like, looking like a completely different person every time I walk out of the house just for the Luke and he wouldn't mind. Um, but at the same time, if, I, if I'm in an isolation, if I'm in quarantine, I'm experimenting with said Luke's, I would like a little bit of uh, fearless feedback. What are you going to do? Um, the other the only other trouble with showers there's usually like a friend one or a more friend centric one. Or sometimes it's one or the other. It's just like friends. Sometimes it's just like mom's friends, parents, friends, godparents, whatever you call them. Um, I like to attend the one that is not the friend one because the friend one is inevitably lower budge. You're younger. You're not going to dump as much money. You and the bridesmaids probably argued about the price point. Nobody has a nice enough house to host it. So you have it at a third party vendor. And while I appreciate many aspects of the back room at a random restaurant, I don't like being able to dictate my own champagne to orange juice mimosa ratio. 
and having to wait on the waiter to come find me and then thus tally in front of me the amount of drinks. I, I don't like watching you potentially open a G-string over the canapes and a third-party vendor. I, I, I really do appreciate a home, but like I said before, with the, the, the homes with like, in neighborhoods where they're actually like trees, you know, or people that like you walk into their house and they just are lousy with ambiance. Like there's, there's a, there's something extra provided by, and I say this because people give boomers a hard time, but I've been to many showers for friends, coworkers, sorority sisters, childhood friends, whatever, over the years hosted at a woman who until recently, when I became more aware of generational differences, hosted a woman to be considered in the baby boomer generation Hosted at their home that is, it just has a level of hospitality that is unmatched. All the serving dishes match. Everything has a slight undertone of a theme, be it a rooster, a lemon, a baker, or otherwise. Like, everything, I mean, they wouldn't dare do something like hang a macrame, crocheted wall hanging in the face of a another fine piece of art needing, needing a home. A, a, a bowl of lemons, or perhaps pears, sitting next to a potted sunflower plant. My God, still life brings me life. I don't need any boho. I don't need any modern. I don't need whites. I don't need pastels. This is the only time where I am genuinely comforted by non-white cabinetry. I like a traditional, almost dark, cozy home that is very specific to a certain age group that I'm having trouble articulating, that I'm sounding like I'm unfairly stereotyping, but I mean this in a positive way. I I, I don't like a lot of um, stiff, more polite, manner-driven aspects of uh hostessing that many people in older generations carry but i do love the way they throw a party and this is where my percept like quarantine has changed me my perception has changed you've probably heard me on the record say before that my utter confusion at, at when something you can be eating the same food in the same environment but when something goes from a lunch to a luncheon when you add the eon inevitably it becomes 10 times less fun but now I would romanticize that occasion. I, 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 I will attend these functions with so much enthusiasm. I, I if there is a, 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 I don't care how cheesy the theme is. If there is a, she scooped him up Sunday, fun day, Sunday building ice cream themed bridal shower. I will show up there with bells on like the dairy cow that I am ready to eat some ice cream because God damn it. I miss watching you open up a KitchenAid mixer and saying things like, just such a great statement piece for your counter. I mean, I've never, I've never used one in my life. I have one my sister gave me, and she's furious. Again, it's not on my counter because what an accessory. But I don't, I don't have that kind of fu counter space. I live in a city. I love writing a recipe for a happy life, a, a dollop of love, a handful of compassion, a, a, a dash of Brad being less of a bad sport playing heads up. Am I right? Um, I, 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 I live for it. And if I don't sit there in anticipation of what the parting gift will be, what the party favor would be, and cross my fingers that it's a, a succulent with a little tag with a gold border that says in asymmetrical up-down modern calligraphy, my life would suck without you? Are you kidding? These are the moments. I thank God that I'm alive. <laughs> what is? These are the moments I remember all my life. I found all I've waited for and I could not ask for more. Isn't that a song Sarah Evans covered by Edwin McCain? Wow, world's colliding. I did spend the better part of my Nashville show deep diving into my country music conspiracy theories, such as why um, Sarah Evans' Suds in the Bucket is a low-key like abduction anthem. 
these 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 nimrods are like you know how can 18 years just up and walk away our little ponytailed girl grew up to be a woman now she's gone in the blink of an eye she left her suds in the bucket and her clothes hanging out on the line it's like well let's look back at what happened it was a little past she was in her backyard a little past nine her prince pulled up in a white pickup truck he, he, he she left a, stuck a note on the screen door sorry but i gotta go and that was all she wrote her mother's heart was broke and that was all she wrote so the stories go now her daddy's in the kitchen staring out the window scratching and racking his brains how can 18 years just up and walk away our little ponytailed grow, girl grew up to be a woman now she's gone in the blink of an eye and it's like well yeah freaking she was snatched from your front yard <laughs> he mu uh, must have been a looker smooth talking son of a gun for such a grounded girl just up and run can't fence time? Can't stop love. But the biddies in the beauty shop gossip up going nonstop, sipping on pink lemonade. How can 18 years just up and walk away? Again, she was taken. <laughs> we have a child bride situation happening, and you were just romanticizing it with her pretty little bare feet hanging out the window. They're headed out to Vegas tonight. How can 18 years just up and walk away? They don't walk away with parental intervention. Even though she's a legal adult, she still needs your guidance. It'd be one thing if she just left her suds in the bucket. It would be one thing if she just left her clothes hanging out on the line. But to, to leave the suds of the bucket and the clothes hanging out on the line, you know something suspicious. And I'm just frustrated at this anthem of, of romanticizing this type of 18-year-old whirlwind marriage where the all you know about their love... You can't fence time. You can't stop love. I mean, he did pull up in a pickup truck and she was doing her laundry. So obviously, boy meets girl. They fall in love. They get married. It's like, no, there's a lot more that needs to happen here. You need, I, I, ugh. It's same thing as Trisha Yearwood. She's in love with the boy. Katie's sitting on her fr old front porch watching the chickens peck the ground. Well, this is a little bit different. Uh, it's a different scenario because Katie's dad does intervene. So Katie's sitting on her old front porch watching the chickens peck the ground. But there, there ain't a whole lot going on tonight in this one horse town. Over yonder, coming up the road in a beat-up Chevy truck, her boyfriend Tommy is laying on the horn, splashing through the mud and the muck, as if that's cute. Her daddy says he ain't worth a lick. When it comes to brains, he got the short end of the stick. But Katie's young, and man, she just don't care. She'd follow Tommy anywhere. She's in love with the boy. And then I'm like, Jesus. Even her her dad is straight up insulting the intelligence of this man, and you're you're ignoring him and don't care, and now we're romanticizing. Her talk about upset. <laughs> It's 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 an it's a confusing narrative whether you fall into the suds in the bucket persuasion or the she's in love with the boy persuasion. Suds in the bucket, the parents are just like, well, she left and went to Vegas. What are you gonna do? She was doing laundry. Or she's in love with the boy. The dad's like, he's a literal moron. But that inspires the daughter to double down on the relationship. I don't really know what the best case scenario is here, but the thing is, in the Trisha Yearwood song. Um, you know, her daddy's waiting up to, this is literally, I don't know what came first, the Nicholas Sparks, the notebook or Trisha Yearwood. She's in love with the boy, but I'd argue that one is based off the other because her daddy was waiting up till half past 12 when they come sneak, sneaking up the walk. He says, young lady, get on up to your room while me and Junior have a talk. Then mama breaks in, says, don't lose your temper. It wasn't very long ago. You yourself was just a hayseed plowboy who didn't have a road to hoe. I'm snapping in the Z shape, if you can't tell. Because the mom's like, my daddy said you wasn't worth a lick. When it came to brains, you got the short end of the stick. But he was wrong, and honey, you are too. Katie looks at Tommy like, I still look at you. Do you guys have goosebumps? I have goosebumps. We're going to play this at the end of the show, and I'm going to play too much of it, because it is an old song, and at this point, I am drawing more attention to it than I am taking away from the royalties of it. But 
these songs are so funny in how they position forbidden love and romanticize it in a way that's like, you can only hope to be abroad doing a very antiquated form of laundry and get plucked right out of your yard and taken to Vegas. Like, no, we we you can only hope your parents think that your pea-brained boyfriend who can't so much as fill in a bubble properly in a Scantron form hopes to marry you so you can really stick it to him. Like, I, 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 country, the way country music depicts relationships will just cracks me up. The other big conspiracy I uncovered at the Nashville show or to true crime Nashville was um, that I found out something incredibly disappointing, incredibly upsetting, something life shattering relevant to my obsession with this song and how many times I belted it out. And that one Jessica Andrews of who I am fame, you might remember this song. I am Rosemary's granddaughter. You know it. I can't sing. Um, uh, when Jessica Andrews, she is a granddaughter but her grandmother's name is Patsy. Everything is a lie. She's also not the spitting image of her father. I then went into a deep dive of her Instagram to see if, in fact, it seemed that when the day is done, her mom was still her biggest fan. If she was clueless and or clumsy and, you know, has friends who love me, love her, rather. These are these are the pressing issues that I uh, dig into when prepping for live shows that I miss so dearly. But uh, the other true crime thing I tackled, then I promise I'll get to stories, I don't even know why I'm talking about country music right now, but, um, oh, it was freaking, I, I like some George Strait, uh, carrying your love with me is an adorable song, but when you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of like, I'm carrying your love with me, West Virginia down to Tennessee. It's like, okay, mileage wise, not very far. Another dude trying to get a ton of credit for doing the bare minimum. Like, do you want to take that? I don't know. He's probably, a com- his drive is accompanied with a a bouquet from the nearest 7-Eleven, complete with a fall assortment of Gerbera daisies and carnations. It's like, am I supposed to be blown away by you driving from West Virginia to Tennessee when Jody Messina is out here, heads Carolina, tails freaking California? I don't even know where her starting point is, but she's got people in Boston. His daddy's still in Des Moines. She's willing to go to either. Those are two very far away places from one another. She's actually putting in the distance. I always did. I don't know a ton about cars, but she said we can go for 100 miles till we stop for gas. And I thought that really shed light on an important issue, which is the poor miles per gallon, the, the, the lack of fuel efficiency among many cars featured in country music songs, like old beat up pickup trucks, you know, um, 100 miles before you stop for gas isn't that impressive, right? I don't know. It's like maybe we could romanticize a road trip through song in a Toyota Avalon, for example, be a little bit more environmentally conscious. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't expect you to be in a Prius or a Tesla for a country song. I mean, but we can still maintain a rugged sensibility in a Toyota Avalon or a Corolla. My God, a Camry. I mean, it's, it's, it's both spacious and efficient. I am still dead set on getting my kid a power wheel that is like a 1990s, like gray e-beige or maybe blue Ford Taurus. <laughs> because I want... Like, I wanted a Power Wheel so bad that I would get a lot of joy giving it to my child. Um, but I don't want them to be spoiled. And I want them to have a realistic depiction of the type of car they'll probably drive. So it needs to be sensible. The problem is they, they, they the Power Wheels are like G-Wagons now. It's insanity. I just, I don't know. I don't think it's too much to ask for a sensible imagination, you know? Like, why couldn't Barbie have been an account manager? It would have given me a better idea of realistic careers for me than, like, an astronaut. I, I, I my... Level of intelligence is perfect for a vague marketing job that has some sort of like 
it's, it's, it's like client solution something or something coordinator or like, I don't know, the, the, I, I call them um, VMJs, vague marketing jobs. Uh, the, these jobs are, they made me, they made me who I am. I am so grateful for finding them. I did not know they existed when I was a kid and I looked at things in a more trade focused manner. And I'm so grateful to have forayed into this market research job that actually was the foundation for my entire career now, given that I'm still doing pivot tables about Britney Spears. I, I All of my skills and my entire path makes a ton of sense, but it's one that I didn't know existed when I was younger. And sometimes when my, you know, if I'm like, if I were to be talking to my niece and she was like, I want to be, I don't know, a, a, a princess, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But have you ever thought about an enterprise solutions analyst? You know, I just want to maintain uh, the, the expectations of our youth in order to set them up for success in the super vague world of business e jobs that do really just email all day and go to meetings about meetings, but are like pretty overpaid relative to their importance. I think that these are the jobs that are not spoken enough about and in, in, weren't in my youth, at least. And there's a lot of high paying jobs that kind of do everything and nothing. That like even regardless of your background, you can like learn as long as you can communicate with people. And I just I remember being fascinated working at like a a third party B2B company that was like a data provider, a solutions provider. Like there were so many jobs that were super generic that really anybody could do as long as you weren't insufferable that paid a really good salary that I would never know to plan my life to be able to fit into said job. But once I got there, I'd probably love it because it's not about the broader job position so much as it is the day-to-day -day tasks and if you're good on a computer creative with powerpoint can talk to clients you know like giving presentations like there's so many jobs that a lot of people would crush it at but they're out here trying to do the noble thing like go into medicine and i'm like if you want to make money and not do that much work and have a pretty fun social life and be able to get a matched 401k have i got the job for you anyways need to move on okie doke on to <laughs> shower stories <laughs> From listeners, I don't know how many parts this will be. I never know till I get there, and I never mean to talk for this long. But it was nice to just talk about lighthearted stuff, you know, not plan anything out. My Brittany, I can already tell that Brittany deep dive is going to stress me out in terms of organization. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. For now, let's cross our fingers, which is what I do when I get an invitation to a shower that it's not hosted by somebody who doesn't email, and therefore I am faced with the dilemma of having to call someone on the phone and talk to them using my voice. Truly a nightmare, and truly might prevent me from RSVPing because I will put it off so badly I will maybe ultimately forget, and I know that makes me a monster human. For the love of God, use an email. I respect the hell out of somebody with an AOL email, with a Hotmail. I don't even care if we are in CompuServe territory. Like, I just want to email my RSVP. I do not want to call your aunt and have to talk to her on the phone. <laughs> that is my nightmare. <laughs> anyway, I was looking at the background of um, bridal showers, and it's said to have grown out of earlier dowry practices. So a dowry being a transfer of personal property, gifts, money, an animal, whatever, at the marriage of, of a daughter to the groom's family. Conversely, a bride price is a payment by the groom to the family if you watch 90 day fiance there was that one couple um oh uh, she's, she's beautiful um oh akini and benjamin 
he paid a bride price, but it was like 800 US dollars and it's usually starts like 3000. She's kind of like, what the hell? And meanwhile, he's like whisking her off to America, promising her this great life. But he's probably in a ton of debt and like lives in rural middle of nowhere. And like, I, sometimes I feel like these women don't know what they're getting into women and men. I mean, I think that the, I'm so fascinated by the uh, perception of the fiancés that live in other countries, their perception of what America will be like and how disappointed they are when they get here. And I wish I could help them and tell them like, okay, this is what you're really signing up for. Like, um, like even Larissa from Brazil, like thought like Cole lives in Vegas. She thought she was moving to like to the strip, like, you know, in the penthouse of the Palms Casino, like the real world where no, like he lives with his mom, Debbie in a condo, you know, in the desert on the outskirts and barely, you know, stays afloat. And it's just kind of like, it's crazy that these people think they're getting something they're not, but whatever. Anyway. So the custom of the bridal shower shower is said to have grown out of dowry practices. And if a woman's family didn't have the like money, property resources or whatever to provide a dowry, um, the bridal shower would be thrown. So the woman could get good gifts and, and, and money and assets that would, I guess, make up for a lack of dowry and allow her to marry the man of her choice, which I guess I don't understand fully the dynamics of this, because I guess part of this would be like either you aren't can't afford a dowry to get the man you want or your father doesn't approve of the man. So in if in the latter case, for your friends to gather around you and, and like throw appliances at you while you hold a parasol. So you are deemed worthy of the man of your choice, I guess, is like low key feminist. So you can like make your own decisions independent of your father. But on the other hand, you know, obviously we're still in times where a woman's marriage ability is tied to, uh, you know, a, a, a fiscal number that is just so hard for me to understand in modern times. But historical context is everything. It is interesting, though, when you think about how irrelevant that is to like modern times, though, it's it's like uh, to amp up your value with like kitchen gifts to like or lingerie to like emphasize your role as the bride to be as like the the homemaker and like you know this like sexual partner it's pretty funny like it's it's ba- the, traditionally bridal shower gifts are like to amplify your role in like the kitchen and the sack <laughs> it's like it, you know it, i like the tradition but it really doesn't reflect modern day anymore and i even remember when i was getting married like we already lived together I could afford all my own things. I was financially independent, but it was still it was still fun to like open kitchen stuff. I just didn't really register for any. I like registered for a margarita machine, you know. I registered for like some glass pans and like baking sheets that I have and use, but I'm just not. I didn't want to register for the person I hoped to become. I was already like the woman I knew I would be, so I registered for things I'd actually use, like um, candles and I'd love like wine stuff, coffee stuff whatever but like i still don't have what a lot of i think normal people have in their kitchen but i don't know i I guess i didn't know at the time either that i was supposed to be garnering kitchen and bedroom assets to make myself all the more valuable to greg and i should go in the other room and ask him right now like did you marry me for my personality or my new spiralizer like i never thought to ask but actually like as a society are we still pushing zucchini noodles i just don't feel like i hear about them as much anymore maybe it's because i lost respect for What's her name? Inspiralized when she fled to Florida with her family amidst peak COVID-19. Like, it was so frustrating. Uh, I think she's maybe made my investment in Zoodles officially plummet. 
at a time, it seemed like a good alternative. And people were like, you can't tell the difference. You can tell the freaking difference. It's literally like you're eating solidified water amidst a pasta sauce. It kind of depends. I mean, I've actually, my sister makes really good zudos and I've made a killer carbonara now and again, but it kind of depends on the zucchini. And even if you do put paper towels and salt it and try to get it to drain, it's just like, I, I, I find that the soupiness offsets the calories and carbs saved for a pasta dish I could otherwise genuinely be enjoying and not pretending to enjoy. It's tough, guys. Um, but I, I should move on. If I talk too much about uh, registries and registry gifts, I will get sidetracked. I just, you guys know I talk about I like to sweep a registry and buy 12 small things, a bagel slicer, a singular hard-boiled egg holder, you know, a, 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 maybe like a measuring cup, just one, like a third of a cup, you know, not a set. I, I like to uh, look like I'm the most generous by getting so many gifts that are definitely worth around $120. And it's not like I really splurged, but it would appear that I have cleared out the whole registry. It's quite enjoyable. Uh and like at a shower, it is kind of funny because I don't per like Greg being like, you just watch people open gifts. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess guys don't go to bridal showers. But like all the stuff we use, like I had I had to tap dance. I had to put on a show when I opened, even though I picked it out. And you just get to reap the benefits. Like, have you ever tried the theatrics involved with with, you know, undoing a, a hefty and needless amount of tissue paper from a gift bag only to find that inside there is one singular whisk uh, please by all means <laughs> tell me how one is supposed to react to opening up a whisk like on a good day i might be like oh can't can't wait to mix up some fun <laughs> nice to get whisked away now and again you know but like i don't know catch me on the wrong day where i'm like i don't know fed up with the patriarchy and i'm gifted a whisk i might be like so let me get this straight but you know this is my gift as a woman not only am i supposed to fertilize my eggs and, and i guess carry them until they hatch apparently with this whisk i'm also expected to scramble the eggs and all the while my husband seems put out when i ask him to crack one singular goddamn egg on my head and let the yolk run down dot dot line line spiders crawling up your spine it is not that hard <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it so I'm blending two games, actually. And I think I, uh, mm, I think this probably is different everywhere, but there's one really creepy game that's like, some people call it, call it concentrate. We call it concentration. And it's like concentration, concentration. People are dying. Children are crying. Concentration. And it was almost this game where you like, would you like spiders crawling up your back? Spiders crawling down your back, like stab a knife in your back, let the blood run down. So, and then, I think we cracked yolks on your head on that one. But then it was this weird game where, like, you told somebody an imaginary scenario and they pictured themselves falling or, like, off the Empire State Building. Do you remember that? That was weird. And I may be mixing that up with crisscross applesauce, dot, dot, line, line, spiders crawling up your spine, tight squeeze, cool breeze. Now you've got the shiveries. Anybody? Anywhere? <laughs> I'm sure this varies by region. This important piece of, a, of American uh, playground culture. I wonder if Rockwell was able to capture this aspect of americana i don't know but there's a lot i mean add it to the list of creepy sleepover games as a kid from bloody mary to um light as a feather stiff, stiff as a board to uh you know freaking there's this crazy game where somebody holds your legs and pushes them down so slowly that you, that's this sensation happens where you think your feet are going through the floor it's honestly a great time i don't know why adults don't do these things <laughs> what was i talking about oh yeah registry gifts Truly, one of my biggest pieces of advice is to 
get to register for stuff from a place where if you if you return it and only get store credit, you can buy other stuff there that you can actually use in life. There's there are limited times you're going to be buying stuff from like West Elm, but like a Bed Bath or Amazon. Not that I want to support Bezos or even like I don't know what Zola's vibe is, but I just th- I don't know. There we I ended up realizing I re- registered for stuff that I'm not ultimately going to use or took up too much space or didn't like or just wasn't practical right now. And um, then I could, you know, if Amazon, you can spend the money on like Nespresso pods. It's so great. Amazon's even system for, honestly, I really like Amazon's registry system, which I hate to say, I want to support small businesses, but you know the drill. Um, and also like we registered at Restoration Hardware because I wanted a robe and I was thinking I wanted the linens, but then I realized they were too nice for me. And so I returned some stuff and now we have this awkward amount of money. I've had it for over three years. I can't spend at Restoration Hardware because I can get like one sixth of a towel set. It, it, it's like, I just don't shop there very much. And the it's like, I'm not gonna shop there until I have FU Cloud Sofa money. Right now, I don't wanna like teeter around the, you know, point of sale, weird games that are like old timey Scrabble, you know? But anyway, not important. Um, oh yeah, the last thing I'll say before we get to stories, the it, it's hard it's hard to grow a podcast guys and and unless you unless you like share and word of mouth and we are in an interesting world where people aren't really commuting anymore so if should you find yourself enjoying this episode if you wouldn't mind sharing it on your instagram stories if you're private just let me know because i won't be able to see it but you can still dm me in if i can sift through my dms from checks mixgate truly i had no idea how risky it was to say i'd prefer a third pretzel over the mouthfeel of a breadstick or a rye crisp i mean talk about controversy people were like then get a bag of pretzels bitch and i was like okie doke i'm so sorry (laughs) um anyway speaking of food our sponsor this week is one of my favorites they kept me company kept me sane during quarantine it is of course hello fresh because they genuinely add so much value to my days and is a way i decompress now by cooking what I think are quite impressive meals for my skill level. And with HelloFresh, you can get pre-measured fresh ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. It is considered to be America's number one meal kit, and it lets you skip those trips to the grocery store, making cooking at home fun and easy and affordable. And trust me, the the recipes, they're so good. I made a beef tenderloin last week like it was nothing. And I was like, do I start a cooking show? Like, should I get myself on YouTube? Or <laughs> it's really inflated my sense of self. But truly, they're easy, but they're they there's feel so high quality. And um, despite sounding intricate by name or ingredients, they're quite simple in preparation. And it saved me a lot of time. It saved me a lot of stress of like meal planning. They take about 30 minutes, some even 20 minutes. You can save up to 28% by using HelloFresh versus grocery store trips because you're not wasting ingredients. Like, I never have a shallot lying around, but every recipe ever calls for a shallot, and I'm so annoyed. But HelloFresh just gives me the shallot and tells me exactly what I need. It's sustainable. It's flexible. saves me time and money. It's delicious. And better, even better, they're committed to giving back. Um, They have been making fresh, delicious food available and taking extra steps to keep their employees and customers safe. And they donated over 2.5 million meals to charity in 2019. And this year they're stepping up their food donations amidst the coronavirus crisis, which I love and is important to me. And for those of you, I know everyone's situation is very different, but eliminating trips to the grocery store, saving money and having contact contactless delivery for me these past few months has been huge. It's just so convenient. And I, I genuinely could not speak more highly of this company um, and how much value it's added <laughs> to uh, my otherwise mundane, repetitive days. And I feel like I'm picking up skills along the way. So um, if 
you would like to try HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, please go to HelloFresh.com slash be there in 580. That's F-I-V-E spelled out in 80, the number. And use be the code be there in 580 to get a total of $80 off. That's go to HelloFresh.com slash be there in F-I-V-E 80 and use code be there in F-I-V-E 80 to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. And I know that that's confusing, the combination of a number spelled out and a number as a number, but be there in five, F-I-V-E, eight, zero. Thanks to HelloFresh. Okay, let's get into some emails. So it says, seen, seen wedding shower, mostly older church ladies and relatives. Gift giver, my husband's great aunt Betty, about 70 and kooky. Gift, an ornate metal box with a note inside. Betty, read the note aloud. Me, 23 years old and naive. This blessing box is to celebrate your marriage. Every time you two celebrate the act of love as marriage people do, put $5 in the box. <laughs> Over time, you will be amazed at all the money you've accumulated and you'll appreciate each other. Then she handed me a 20 and said it was to symbolize the work we had already done. <laughs> Uh, four whole times you scoundrel um that is an amazing gift and i love that <laughs> my mother-in-law is very known for giving odd unexplainable gifts i'll name a few and include some photos where applicable after my husband and i got married she thought it was an appropriate gift uh, it was appropriate to gift us a sexy mr and mrs claus outfit i've blocked this out of my memory and only recall it at times like this when the topic of awkward gifts is brought up there's no photographic evidence of this example as the gift was immediately discarded for obvious reasons. <laughs> for Christmas a few years back, I was the lucky recipient of a piece of art. It was a, bedazz <laughs> a bedazzled emu painting. She told me that she knew I had to have it because it was the one that was bedazzled. <laughs> Mind you, my interior decor style leans toward pottery barn restoration hardware, less bedazzled. All that being said, this is one of my favorite gifts I've ever received because it is one of my favorite stories, especially accompanied by the photo of the photos so good and i wish you would i don't know i kind of i know people have to like maintain their privacy but i wish i could share these because like it's literally an <laughs> asshole demons <laughs> like, what would you use do with them it's not even about being ta taste or being picky it just doesn't even make sense um oh my god for her birthday she received these creepy halloween figurines not a halloween gift but a birthday gift again this requires a photo they are very bizarre like stuffed almost something you'd like stick out the end of a at the like landing of like a stairway railing i don't really know how to describe them but they're um if if tim burton shopped at steinmart this would be uh what he would get for my next two birthdays i received not one but two western style work bags neither of which i've ever used and now i have two of them i have pretty i have a pretty serious job as a vp of marketing and my style definitely leans much more towards traditional and less toward western bless her heart so okay that's a funny example there's actually a blogger recently that like got in trouble for being ungrateful for a gift her in-laws gave her her name's mel watts and <laughs> She was complaining about how her mother-in-law doesn't buy what she asks for and that she uh, basically gives her, she said, here's what no, no one requested for their birthday. I mean, it's similar to a book, right? Every time I suggest something, she, the, my mother-in-law triples it in size and noise level. 
I don't know why her son was an absolute whack job as a kid. She's paying him back in turn, which makes me pay. So here's the oversized, super cheap tent she had to order for him that no one asked for. However, Sonny thinks it's the bee's knees. It's this giant, like, fake gas station auto tent. Um, she said, I can't wait for nanny day. All kids get a shot of Red Bull and a face full of face paint. Here's your white leather lounge. Now, uh, Karen slash Trish. Um, so, like, a lot of the stories were funny and about, like, the giant crazy things their mother-in-law gives them. But a lot of people are like, you are so ungrateful, blah, blah, blah. I think it was polarizing, but I don't think it was meant to be taken that seriously. I think it was saying being said comedically, but like she asked for a book and got like the most the biggest eyesore that, of course, if her kid opens, is going to like love and be obsessed with. And it's kind of funny, you know, and we there's things we have to laugh at sometimes, you know, everyone's been given a bad gift. And uh, the, th the important thing is you act gracious in the moment. Right. Um, so the next one is I need to ask her if I can show the dazzled emu. It's so good. Well, this is from a Corona bride. Bless your heart. They're having a mini money on Friday with their big wedding push to 2021. Oh, congrats. And I hope you still enjoy your mini ceremony. That's so exciting. Um, let's see. She says, this is a memorable story from an event I was a part of. My cousin's bachelorette party. Our aunts were invited. It seemed a little odd to me, but whatever. One of my aunts is a little kooky. As an example, she once went through a car wash with her windows rolled down to get the inside clean. Is she Amelia Bedelia? Um, <laughs> She lives by the beat of her own drum and isn't always aware of what's happening around her. For the engagement part of um, this same cousin, she had a mouthful of red wine and spit it out everywhere when she heard a joke that made her laugh. She's the best. Yeah, I love her. Now, my cousin's friends are straight from the plastics on Mean Girls. And my aunt, we'll call her Annie, it's a little more Uncle Eddie from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Wait, is it Uncle Eddie? Is it... Uh, Uncle Eddie or Cousin Eddie, whatever. I I, I, I am a Christmas vacation stan. Um, it's my favorite Christmas movie. I'm not really here for, like, I don't know. I don't love a Christmas story. I'm sorry. And I don't love, like, every time a bell rings, you know, Miracle. Like, the old-timey black and white ones. But, I mean, I mean save the neck for me, Clark. I, I, I love that guy. He, he's a hoot and a half. And every party needs a guy like him that comes briefly, never stays, right? Anyway, sorry. I need to finish your story. But agree. He's an icon. So we, it says we played the cringy guess who bought the lingerie game. Why is that a thing? I agree. Like, okay, this full seated number looks like it's from you because you're a real bore. It's like, well, geez, no, I actually got you the whip. But thanks for asking. Like, <laughs> I didn't come to this bridal shower to get to not only have to buy you underwear, but also get insulted. It's a, I agree. It's a very weird game. Um uh before we can start annie says she needs to go to her car and asks that we wait for her before we get started she's gone for a long time don't look she says as she returns with a weathered target bag that she sticks in the middle of the pile of striped victoria's secret bags by the time my cousin pulled out the target bag it's no surprise who it's from out she pulls a large pair of off-white granny panties now <laughs> i hate that joke too we all laugh good one annie Keeps the knees humble in front of her friends, right? But upon closer inspection, my cousin says, These are used. And without missing a beat, Annie proclaims, <laughs> Yep, and I'll need those back. They're from my luggage. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. A few of her friends were green-faced and ready to puke in their kinky, it's 2015 cocktails. 
But let me tell you, Annie was a blast on the dance floor. And if anything, I hope this story teaches everyone to put an end to this mortifying game. You never know who's used granny panties. You don't pull out of a bag. I'm dying. They actually were. That was like her joke. <laughs> Is she like, I don't know if she's like my hero or if that's the grossest thing I've ever heard. It just sounds, she's like a, sounds like she's a sense of humor that like doesn't quite land. Oh my God. I'm dying. Oh my God. The next one is, my mother-in-law and bridal party threw me a gorgeous bridal shower. There was a mimosa bar, tasteful and fun shower games. No, really, everyone actually enjoyed them. And cookies decorated with Taylor Swift lyrics. I'm the mess that you wanted was a personal fave. Nice. Must have been, is that? Oh, no, that's dancing with her hands tied. Never mind. Um, I lost my place. When it came to open gifts, my husband's aunt, my mother-in-law's sister, we'll call her Linda, and her teenage daughter, we'll call her Ashley, insisted their gift be open last. I just met them for the first time that day and thought it was really sweet that they cared so much about giving me a special gift. I opened all my other gifts without many surprises. I got all your typical monogram dish towel, champagne flutes, etc. And then we were down. Okay, the monogrammed thing is another thing because I never changed my name. But so you kind of almost have to be careful with monograms, too. Um, Linda and Ashley stood up and explained that this particular gift was a tradition that they gave to every bride in their family. I'm crunching. I put a hand out toward the seemingly nondescript gift bag, and they stopped me, saying they'd open it for me, and I'd understand why. They both reached into the bag and began to, began to pull out the longest chain of underwear that I had ever seen. They just kept pulling and walking further apart as a seemingly endless array of lingerie, lace thongs, velvet boy shorts, and two random negligees stretched across the room in front of all my friends and family, oh, and my boss. I was mortified and truly didn't know how to react to this gift from people I had met two hours ago. So I politely laughed and vacated my seat as quickly as possible. Later on, upon closer inspection, what was truly baffling was that the undergarments weren't even all in one size, much less my size. They ranged from small to extra large and were all held together by the tiniest gold safety pins I'd ever seen. Needless to say, that was a really awkward thank you note to write. As an epilogue, they later attended my baby shower. And before opening their gift, I looked up and said, it's not underwear again, is it? Like, as a joke. We were still, we are still practically strangers, so they did not think my remark was funny. At least they got my baby girl some cute clothes. Oh my God, I'm cringing. So... Humor is very different within and across families and people. And when people try to pull off like they're it's one thing if it was like the your groom's like immediate family or something. But I feel like that's a little far removed to like be dubbed a tradition. And if yeah, no, I don't. I mean, you guys have heard my woes about lingerie showers and like, you know, all the the uh, church elders being like, oh, that one's worth you keeping your virtue for. And it's just like, oh, my God, face to palm. I yeah. And oh, do we talk about this in true love weights? I never know what this is why. I, oh, God, I need to figure out the way to index the episodes. But um, yeah, there's like this way sex is talk talked about it like religious or semi-virginal bridal showers that is fascinating and it's, there's so much more sexual than a bridal shower of somebody that not hasn't kept their virtue so to speak but like i don't know maybe just hasn't shared that with her you know aunts <laughs> i gotta people just don't talk about it and i just feel like it's just this over emphasis on like oh the wedding night no way like put so much pressure and weirdness around it and it truly makes me cringe it's it's a i can't even get into it now or else i'll get too distracted for more on my thoughts about how people treat the virginity of young women and overemphasize its importance in going to a, a long-term partnership or marriage please see the episodes entitled true love waits 
my take on the purity movement and how I think it impacts adults in much deeper ways than they even realize. So to be mindful of how we talk to young women about their bodies and about sex and about uh, how a lot of uh, religious organizations tend to put a uh, daunting and problematic uh, emphasis and value on one's uh, purity relative to one's self-worth and how that can be an issue people carry well into adulthood. And also if in the horrifying event that that is taken from somebody not with their own consent the irreparable harm the perception of your value being tied to that can do to one's self-worth when already trying to uh deal with trauma we we need to be more mindful of uh the like virginal nonsense we treat young you know teach young women but again not for today this person says hi kate it's me the girl with the watermelon knife sorority story i love that story this girl had a roommate in college or like a girl that lived in her sorority house who they found um, a machete in a bean bag. And when they approached the woman about it or the girl, I never know what to call people. Sorry. Um, I, I say girl inoffensively because I call myself a girl. Uh, the, the, she said that it was her watermelon cutting knife. It was like a full on machete and hidden in a bean bag where somebody would sit down. <laughs> like What? Um, I mean, it's fully respect you if you like to eat a lot of watermelon, you need a big knife for it. I get that maybe you couldn't put it somewhere more obvious, but like you can't also can't put it where somebody's about to sit down. And it's really just specific usage. But let's see. Um, oh, this is her friend that helped her out with the knife debacle. We had a lingerie shower as part of her bachelorette party. A few oddities. Her mom and aunt were there and, and they participated in the lingerie gifting to her, her and her future husband were living with her parents at the time. And planned to for a bit after the wedding. So not all of the laundry was to be used in the, her mother's home. And third, the grad school friends convinced her to try on every piece. She received a model for everyone. Oh my god. No. She must she must have been like fine with it though. Like you can't force them. Can you? I mean, I don't know. I would hate if somebody asked me to do that and then I'd feel like I was the buzzkill. That's the most I've ever seen of my best friend and more than I ever wanted to see of her. We are dressing room close, but I love the use of terminology. But this is beyond that. And finally, one of her bridesmaids who had recently gotten married proposed that we name. Ew, no. <laughs> that we name each look and create a menu for her to give her future husband on their honeymoon. A menu. He was supposed to scan the list of the selections and pick out by the name we came up with during the fashion show. What outfit he wanted to see her in that night. I was not on board with this idea, but maybe I'm a prude. It's not that you're a prude. It's like, this is, A, the fashion show's an issue. Like, fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at lunch. Like, it's just not normal in, with lingerie. But also, it's like, that is creepy, especially with the family present of being like, there's so many opportunities for puns. Like, oh, when, you, when you're forking, don't forget to use a condiment. It's like, mm. <laughs> I'm sure people thought of the grossest stuff. I will die if there was a chicken breast entree. <laughs> sorry i didn't even finish the story uh i'm sure he didn't mind the menu considering at the wedding during the garter toss why do we do this it's uncomfortable for everyone involved i agree i agree it's so weird <laughs> no 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 <laughs> he put on a headlamp and crawled under her dress oh on a car creeper what's a car creeper he also came back out empty-handed the first time and went over to her father, who handed him a giant plastic set of medical-looking keys, which he used to get the garter off. What? 
Do you mean like those Fisher Price looking keys like every baby since 1975 has had or like medical keys? It was a wild time. I was very not on board and it definitely ruined the whole garter toss thing for me forever. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for writing in again. Your stories never cease to amaze me. The headlamp is too much. I'm sure that's been done before, but like, that's just so gross and weird. And I, I can't handle it. But when people get married younger and maybe like, wait, I think there's so much emphasis put on sex around the wedding night. The next sponsor is another one of my absolute favorites. Truly, they've treated I, I just they invest in podcasts. They've been so good to me and my show. And they always send me their new products. And like I, they just they, they care about the places where they spend their media budget. And I could tell and I just really appreciate them. And that's outside of the ad. But Liquid IV, it's a product I drink every day. I am a person that is one of those weird people that doesn't like the taste of water and feels like it's a burden to drink. And I love soda and all the things I shouldn't love. And Liquid IV is a wonderful way to add not only flavor, but nutrients and hydration, multiplication abilities. So you are getting the maximum benefit for your 16 ounces of water. So you can get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water with one stick of or one serving rather of Liquid IV. Apparently dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people myself included and this is a very fast and efficient way to stay hydrated and as i've learned through feeling more hydrated especially when i'm talking all day it's 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 crucial for my energy level personally it's crucial for your immune system i think we all know why we need to be drinking more water but we don't always do it and if this can give you the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water alone and contain, contains five essential vitamins more vitamin C than an orange as much potassium as a banana healthier than sugary sports drinks and no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. I wouldn't know. I can't eat apples, but apparently they're sugary. Um, and is made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. And as you know, big science buff over here, their cellular transport technology gives you the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium to deliver water and nutrients into the bloodstream. One stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water. That's what I, I was making sure I said that right earlier with the ounceage because I forgot. Um, but beyond that, they're on a mission to change the world. They have donated two or they're donating 2.3 million servings in response to COVID-19. They are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, active military. I always have one in the morning, especially when I'm recording. Then I often have one before bed. I'm very partial to the acai flavor. I like the passion fruit. I'm also into this new ginger energy they have, energy one they have right now. And more recently, unfortunately, even though I hid them in a drawer, my husband found them and now he has been housing them and we are running low on stock so i will be using my code and you should too they're not only available nationwide at places like costco and target but you can also get 25 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code be there in five at checkout that's 25 percent off anything you order when you use promo code be there in five f-i-v-e at liquidiv.com get better hydration today at liquidiv.com promo code be there in five and you know get busy making water drinking no longer a chore today that's my slogan not theirs okay moving <laughs> on to the next story so during my bridal shower we were already done with gifts and hanging around since it was at a family friends and there was no rush my mom's best friend and a woman i consider my other mom showed up late because she had to work she insisted i open my gift in front of everyone which included my mom my mother-in-law the super christian hostess and her two high school age daughters and of course my bridal party the first small gift was a pina colada flavored tube of lube named, <laughs> named Dickalicious. Enough said. I could feel the blood rushing to my face out of embarrassment. The next gift was strawberry flavored edible panties. Are you uh, 
like another 90 day fiance reference caesar uh waiting for maria in cancun um and the last final gift was a pink one piece of lingerie with the nipples cut out and a slit fur of the vaginal opening i was mortified and of course she was screaming hold it up for everyone to see and my response was i can't oh my god i'm so wet (laughs) i meant to say oh my god i'm so red (laughs) (laughs) i'm so red i basically just buried my face in my hands and started crying from embarrassment my mother-in-law is looking at me like i'm some woman of the night and the hostess is equally mortified because she's very modest all this to say the one thing i asked everyone to please not do was buy me lingerie and of course the last gift of the day had to be just that you know, some people just really like to push their agenda for humor or sexual humor onto the bride. And some people really take this as their time to shine. And it is it is fascinating to me how people with like hypersexual humor don't get that other people don't have that. And it's very uncomfortable. Like, that's a sense of humor I have with friends, but not like family members. Yeah, like I'm with you. I understand. <laughs> and your Freudian slips do good. Next one is the AC went out the morning of my baby shower. It was 95 degrees outside. Being eight months pregnant, I was dying. One of my aunts definitely must have skipped deodorant that morning. On the bright side, we didn't have anybody awkwardly lingering when it was over. People couldn't have gotten out of there fast enough. Oh, bless your heart. And your poor aunt, she probably didn't realize she was going to be sweating that much. If I got to a party and the AC was out and I didn't properly think through, like if I was wearing like solids, a jersey cotton if I had forgotten deodorant that morning, I mean, there's so many things that's, that can go wrong, like the boob sweat of it all. My outfit's so can like, I really do have to base my outfit on um, the, my potential to sweat. Beyond that, I'm like shorts or a skirt. Am I going to potentially be s- sitting on a leather, leather lazy boy? You just never know it. Uh, I can't even imagine that if I sit on leather or uh, like that sort of surface with shorts on the amount of DNA I'm leaving behind. is truly startling. Like I might as well just completely dermaplane right then and there in this person's upholstered seat like it's so gross and i think about this all the time with restaurants and stuff i'm like it really i don't know on a hot day it seems like there needs to be something a little more sanitary up in here but bless your heart i hope the pinwheels were good the the soggy costco pinwheels which i'm sure were the turkey was sweating up a storm (laughs) sorry for the noise i'm actually drinking my liquid iv out of my britney piece of meat uh vegas residency cup Like I said, it's my Jessica Simpson glitter cup minus the alcohol, but everybody's got their special cup, you know? This one says, hi, Kate. When I got married, all of our friends were in the finishing college, barely out of college phase of life, so I didn't want all my friends to have to spend a lot of money on a destination party. So I told my maid of honor, my sister, and my other bridesmaids I just wanted an in-town one-night party. I also wanted my mom, my aunt, who I'm very close with, and my husband's stepmom to be invited to the first part of the night, dinner and a baseball game, before we went out to bars. My sister's husband is also underrated, so he picked a classic Midwestern Mexican restaurant, respect, so she could come, and because, let's be real, who doesn't want to start the night with cheap margs and queso? So anyway, I was happy with that tame dinner plan. None of the adults or my underage future sister-in-law would witness us pounding shots and booty dancing later. I opened some gifts, one of which included a 365 sex positions calendar book, which was highly embarrassing in and of itself, so the waiter asked whose birthday it was. When they told him it was my bachelorette party, he got all excited and had a special shot for me. So pretty soon I see him and the other members of the waitstaff giggling and talking to each other in Spanish and I'm getting a little nervous, but like whatever, one shot isn't a big deal. So they all know I drink. So here comes the waiter with a single shot glass on the tray with a short straw sticking out. And I'm thinking it's weird that they're going to make me do a shot through a straw, but once again, whatever, I guess. The waiter tells me to wait a second because it's not ready yet. 
He then proceeds to pull out a can of Ready Whip and create an admittedly impressively accurate penis out of whipped cream held erect by a drinking straw and tells me I have to eat the whipped cream and do the shots with no hands while the restaurant and wait staff are watching and laughing to say my face was beet red would be an enormous understatement. No. And that is the story how I, of how I end up, ended up essentially performing a whipped cream BJ in the middle of a small town, Indiana, Mexico. <laughs> I am so sorry. Something very similar happened to me twice. Neither of my bachelorette party. It's a weird thing when like the staff's tr- like trying to be fun and you're like uncomfortable and you don't want to seem like you're not a good sport. But like it is weird. I got something happened between me weird with whipped cream at a Mexican restaurant in college. And then when I moved to New York, if you guys sorry if I've told the story before, there's a place that I think is closed down. R.I.P. I, I really did like it up until this point called Tortilla Flats. And I think I was about like a month or two into working and I was still pretty new. I was like, you know, a girl from Short Pump trying to make it in the big city, Mary Tyler Mooring all over the place and just trying to like make friends, be cool, go by unscathed. It was my birthday. People wanted to celebrate it, like my co- new co-workers who are now my friends and were my friends then. But like still, we were pretty new. And um, I was trying to be like low key. And I also like used to be a little bit weird about my birthday. And so I went. I was like, let's just go to like one of my favorite Mexican places. Let's go to Tortilla Flats. And um, I didn't, I'd never been to a birthday there. And long story short, in front of my coworkers, they, they're like, whose birthday is it? And like three of us stand up. They hand us like a tall boy. It was like Natty Light or Beast or something. Oh no, it was a PBR. And um, they tell us to have a contest and, and we have to chug it. And I mean, listen, I, would I be as good as this today? No, but, I, 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 you know, I've, I've been around the block a few times, shotgunning a beer here and there. I'm a sorority girl, after all. I can chug a PBR tall boy with my eyes closed, much like I could show off and ask for a beer pong re-rack to a, you know, single-line stoplight and probably sink the cup in a, one swift shot. Like, I've got the skills of your classic party gal. I was so determined to, like, have fun at frat parties and stuff because I never really was because I figured out for a myriad of reasons afterward what issues I was having in college. But um, I was so dead set on having fun, I would get very into the games. <laughs> I got to a whole... I could talk about... If I get too far into beer pong etiquette, don't even get me started. That is how you know time things are dire. I would kill to play beer pong in, in like, a large barefoot crowd and carelessly act like I was cleaning off the ball in a water cup complete with dog hair and like whatever the hell was on people's feet that were around on this weird cold like concrete garage floor like oh my god I, I miss a stained suburban ping pong table I miss a, a, a frat boy card table I, I miss a douchebag asking me if there's beer in that cup when he just has bad aim and no there's not a lot of beer in my cup because I don't drink beer when I play beer pong That's, the point is not to get drunk off the cups the point is to drink your drink on the side and like show off your skill set your impeccable follow-through by matching your wrist to your elbow and never losing sight of the ball much like in an elegant golf backswing you know (laughs) oh my god like what people i really have not been to a place that played beer pong it's so weird how one day people just stop playing beer pong and then you just like i don't know talk eat charcuterie like what do i even do it have i been to it how i don't know I guess I've been to, like, housewarmings and, like, again, bridal showers and stuff. But I guess I don't go to a ton of, like, house parties that aren't, like, deliberate dinner parties or, like, more classy group hangs. But I just want to have, like, a theme party that's just, like, 
I, you know, like just, just st- sticky. It's just like the theme is sticky. Like let's play flip cup. Let's like waterfall and play play a game of kings. It's another thing I tangent I can't go on kings is because all I want in life is to full on Lin Manuel Miranda show off my skill set in a game of kings nine bust a rhyme. But Stacy over here is too thrown off by me saying I'm wearing a shoe and she's like I don't know it rhymes a shoe and I'm like Stacy I swear to God if you mess this up for me again like literally everything rhymes with shoe blue zoo two flu true drew i don't care do you know chloe's kid's name yes true it's so easy get 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 a grip use the english language and put in a small amount of effort if you're gonna agree to play the game get your get get your head in the game don't be afraid to hit the outside j get your head in the game as one troy bolton once told me who's now zach efron trying to be the next bourdain and failing miserably because he doesn't have a personality and he's so beautiful to look at but if i hear that guy say comas a dj on my netflix previews one more time i'm gonna lose it I have a lot of pent up rage. I'm very upset. I'm not going to love her fest next weekend and doing a show. <sighs> Thank you for letting me take it out uh, on Stacy, on Beer Pong, on Zach Efron. And <laughs> now I need to move on. Wait, did I even finish that girl's story? Wait, I'm so sorry. Wait, no, I was telling my own story. Anyway, so they say who's his birthday is it? They have his chug a tall boy. I'm like, okay, well, I, I minored and drinking things quickly so I don't feel feelings. And, um, I obviously crush this tall boy like with uh, alarming speed, like concerning speed. I actually didn't even leisurely drink at this point in my life, really. Um, you know how like there's an age where you like just drink to party, but it's not like you ever drink otherwise, like on weeknights. Now I never binge drink, but I drink on weeknights like to real. It's kind of a funny thing how things transpose. But anyway, at this point, I wasn't really drinking very much because I was, couldn't afford it in New York. And like, it's not like we were raging that much and um when i look back on this i'm just kind of laughing because yeah too like especially i don't know i feel like a lot of these people went to like liberal arts schools they weren't in like greek life like i just don't know if it was common to be like that proficient at chugging tall boys and that said too i was like a pretty professional gal like i was pretty um reserved and like trying to make you know a good name for myself i felt indebted to even be there it was a job i definitely was not qualified for or whatever I'll, so anyways i i chugged this uh drink confusingly fast thinking i won something but what i won is no joke this dude um that worked there this would never this would never happen in 2020 one of the guys from the staff like gets a chair sits on it bends me over his lap asks me how old i'm turning how old was it 23 or something and spanks me 23 times in front of my co-workers after i just chugged a tall boy have you ever tried to make eye contact with somebody and adjust your pencil skirt and your oxford shirt as you get up in your business casual attire after just having shocked them by how fast you can you know chug a near undrinkably warm domestic beverage and then got face down spanked 23 times against your will by a perfect stranger after just coming from your you know brand new corporate job where you're just trying to make make a name for yourself in the concrete jungle where dreams are made of and be taken seriously despite being a blonde sorority girl who feels highly underqualified for the job but then this just proves that you are who they thought you were the whole time i was mortified i was mortified and now looking back i'm laughing but i'm also a little bit furious and i don't think that would ever happen now you can't just spank people you don't know without their consent and you never know who people are with that's the thing with these bridal showers too and like the people that are giving out g-strings in front of like you know your cpa not does anybody invite their cpa to their shower i don't know um but it doesn't matter. It's just like there's times for professional. There's times for like family. There's not times when you always want to be raunchy. And like, 
If you do want to be raunchy, I'll go to your nearest Magic Mike at, uh, you know, salad bar in rural Wisconsin, like we all know to be true from the Bridesmaid episode. Uh, that's where the good times happen. But at a, at, a, at a Mexican joint, I wasn't expecting that. And truly, I shudder thinking about it. I, I don't know if I've told that on here before. Maybe because I'm still recovering. Did I say a beer, the beer pong re-rack was stoplight before or traffic light? Because I think it's the, the traffic. It's the traffic lights. You asked if it'll be all right. Right? They said I don't know which whole how twenty twenty is that, but I think it's technically stoplight. Um, if you want to be a real douche, you can ask for a rhombus, which is a good time. It's like a slightly off diamond. <laughs> oh man, okay, dope. What's the next story we've got here? Two stories about a friend from church who got married last summer. As background, I'm not super great friends with her, and at the showers, I was one of the only non-bridesmaids. She had a bridal shower that I attended on a Sunday afternoon. I was working full-time and also had a part-time job to help pay for the graduate program I was doing at night. Needless to say, I was a busy girl. I went to the bridal shower, bought a gift, we ate, took photos, and played the silly games. After five hours, whoa, (laughs) at the shower, I needed to politely excuse myself because I had a paper to write. I was the first to leave, and the bride's sister-in-law snidely says in front of everyone, Well, I could have a paper to write, too, but you don't see me leaving the party early. Oh, my God. Stop. I couldn't believe my ears. Also, since when do bridal showers last that long? I mean, I agree, but also since when do podcasts last this long? So I guess I'm not one to talk. Um, At the same friend's lingerie shower. Geez. Another awkward thing happened. As she opened each of her gifts, I realized the other girls had basically just bought her pajamas. Not even nice ones, either. Like Target pajamas. When it gets to my bag, she opens a red lacy see-through top and matching thong. This is a lingerie party, for crying out loud. What do you expect me to buy? I literally saw the blood drain from the bride's face. She was so embarrassed. The other girls snickered and were in utter disbelief, lol. I bet they had never seen an article of clothing that skimpy in their entire lives. Moral of the story is don't go to all Christian wedding showers. So that's a weird thing to ask for lingerie. Okay, so you guys know my issues with lingerie showers. Um, I think I talk actually... That might be part of this. Go girl, wash your face toward the end. I'm not actually sure. Yeah, because I think I maybe talk about it after um, grinding with DJ Vag. Um, But that's the other awkward thing, too, is like you have to put your size and like sizing depends. And like depending on where you go and like you don't know how racy other people are going to get and you don't want to seem like. You know, the Pollyanna who bought like a pajama Henley ribbed gray top and a plaid pajama bottom, but you also don't want to be the town slur. So I never know what to buy. I typically will go with like a cute athleisure bra type thing with like a crisscross front that you can like technically wear as like a cute bra under a shirt or like a bathing suit or like work out in. And it like is vaguely like sexy and cagey, but like also isn't weird for me to gift you. I need to I would need to provide a photo example. It's not as weird as it sounds. I actually mastered this re- in recent years um, because I, I truly do not like lingerie showers, not for my own comfort, but just like there. It's always just a weird function. And I feel weird buying underwear for my friends. And it's just like, I don't know. I just don't really understand the necessity. And I think too having hang ups with like the. Um, gifting of women lingerie to be like these sexual beings for their new groom is just like creepy to me and uh anyway i mean if you want to do that that's your prerogative there's no other time in life where you'll probably get that nice of stuff uh because like you know it's it's it's, i guess kind of similar to like a kitchen shower if you wouldn't normally buy yourself like uh like china for special occasions or these particular appliances like it is nice to have showers where people get you nice things you would normally not buy yourself 
honestly do what you like like what you do <laughs> i think what i've learned in life is like if i'm not comfortable i don't like something i either need to not go or go and not complain about it you know i need to be a better sport but it's awkward when the sizing isn't provided it's awkward when the sizing is provided it's funny awkward when there's a variety of age ranges and relationship types in the room when the groom's family is there i die a little inside i don't even know how to feel but let's move on to the next story hey kate so when i was getting married in 2017 we had to have two bridal showers for reference we live in um this one place and his her husband's family was mostly based in another part of the state and hers was in um massachusetts her aunt and sister planned a really nice shower at a boutique hotel and they used to go there for easter brunch as kids i was not over it was not over the top at all but basically all the women in her husband's family boycotted the situation uh, and my mother-in-law threw me one closer to them at their church hall. It wasn't far by any means, but when you are from that part of the state, going out of the state is like someone going to France for the day. They just could never. Both showers were beautiful, and I felt lucky to have them. However, my husband's family made me feel as if I was going from literal riches to rags in between the two showers. Both got us thoughtful gifts from our registry, and I thought all was well. It was my mother-in-law that was projecting that the shower she threw me was somehow less than and went on and on about how she was throwing me a country shower. And I know this won't be like what you're used to ad nauseum. This went on and on, even on the day we were setting up, which I helped do. She really is a wonderful person, but it was so awkward leading up since the family was all treating me like I was some sort of fish out of water girl from the city in a small town think Paris Hilton in The Simple Life or every woman in a Hallmark movie ever. Keep in mind, this was not my first time in their area. I visited multiple times a year since college. I grew up very average and actually lived in a small town growing up. But since we live near a city somehow, I'm some sort of <laughs> city slicker devil wears Prada in their eyes. The whole family proceeded to give me the most outdated advice on marriage that was all directed at me, not the two of us. Like, make him lunch, etc. One even implied sex weekly would be expected. I was mortified. My husband, who was a very progressive educator, got the hell out of his hometown type was... More treating it like a joke and laughing it all off, but I was done. Anyway, probably not the most outrageous story ever, but definitely we still talk about it to this day. No, I actually think it's a really funny thing, and I'm glad I read this because I think this is like it's it's this thing where it's a little sad because you think about when if somebody projects something onto you over and over that you have not said, it's something a vibe they're getting from you that it largely speaks to their insecurity. And she was probably so nervous to not throw you something up to snuff that she kept saying it over and over and over. And I know how irritating that is because as a person that's lived in cities forever, like, I, you know, like, I feel like that's happened to me before when I've gone to visit people and they're like, oh, like, sorry, it's a chain. And I'm like, I don't care. We're going to a chain. Like, I love a chain restaurant. Are you kidding me? I honestly prefer a chain. Like, I, I sit here with my artisanal shoestring fries and just dream of being at a red robin with a bottomless basket and a 12 ingredient seasoning salute. Um, but yeah, it is an interesting thing, and it is. I just was laughing because I get exactly what you're saying, and like Cindy Slicker, Paris on the Simple Life, Devil Wears Prada, like acting like you, this isn't good enough for you when you didn't say anything. I guess that well, since most of them didn't attend your shower at the boutique hotel, they didn't even see it, even though you said it wasn't over the top. Their perception of it maybe was, and like that's funny, and I get that, and I bet a lot of people will relate to that. Um, <laughs> and I love, I live for outdated advice. Oh my gosh, hilarious. This one says, I was a bridesmaid for a friend a few years ago who was truly a great bride and not at all a bridezilla. The maid of honor at a heart of gold was a little flighty, so the bride asked if I'd help with some of the planning. The problem was her horrible sister-in-law, who was another bridesmaid. Ten months before the wedding, I asked the bridesmaids if they'd like to host a shower for the bride. Both moms were planning on doing small ones in her and her future husband's hometowns. 
but there wouldn't be one for friends to attend in Chicago. I brought, I broke out a rough budget, including what each person would have to contribute about $100. That's reasonable. I also said I was happy to plan it all and would love to help or, or would love the help if they wanted to up to them. All bridesmaids agreed and we decided we'd do it two months before the wedding. In the months leading up to the shower, I'd send occasional updates like, hey gals, book this apartment, check it out. Here's the menu, sourced entirely from Costco. We're coming in cheap. About a month before I sent a reminder for the $100, breaking it down in Excel where all the money would be spent, ask if they could Venmo me their portion. As with all bridal parties, there was some chasing, but everyone was good about it except the sister-in-law. A week before the shower, she decided to write the entire group on that thread saying, when the email went out originally, I thought this was the shower, not one of three, and I already participated in one. I don't think she needs three showers. My suggestion would be to either A, cancel the current plans and do something smaller and less formal for those who are in town and want to do something. If you go this route, I think we could probably all pitch in on the deposit that you may, that you lose on the space. Maybe not equally, but help offset it a bit. Or B, proceed with your plans and request that guests who are attending and are close local friends help out in small some small way like bringing favors or food. <laughs> this was one week before the shower when people had RSVP'd. I had already purchased and booked everything. Her mom had bought a flight, etc., Basically, her sister-in-law hadn't paid attention and decided she didn't want to spend $100. Mind you, she was 35 with a great job and thought the bride didn't need it and I should just cancel a week before. I wrote back a direct but even keeled note explaining that canceling a week was in bad taste and I would not be doing that. Silver lining is every other member of the bridal party called Emo or texted me to say how tacky she was and offered to pay a little extra to help offset the cost. It brought me closer to the others, which was a great outcome. Not sure if this is super cringy when you're not living in it, but I just remember seeing her note and gasping. I would have too. As you can imagine, there are some jealousy issues between the bride and sister-in-law, and I found out afterward that none of her bridesmaids and friends had offered to do anything for her when she got married a few years prior. Some decided to not even come to her wedding. The bride was just too loved for the sister-in-law to handle. I never told the bride what happened, but every time she complains about her sister-in-law, I happily agree. Oh my god, I would totally tell her now. That's juicy. Um, when we planned her baby shower a couple years after, the sister-in-law wasn't invited. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's hysterical. Um, I think it's so interesting the ways people decide to like take the reins at the last minute when they've like been radio silent, uh, as discussed on the bridesmaid episode, I, um, I, I kind of feel like I, I kind of feel like showers are the responsibility of non-bridesmaids since they are on the hook for so many other things. But I get if there's like a friend group and you want to do it where the person lives because so often they're in other places it makes sense and a hundred dollars is reasonable but if you're not into it uh, you know you got to tell people a little give them a little more advanced notice <laughs> listen says when my husband and i got engaged his much younger sister was 15 and jealous i didn't invite her to my bachelorette party because she was underage and she was really upset understandable that like yeah being underage um since she was not at my bachelorette party, she decided to give me this racy lingerie at my bridal shower, which was embarrassing since it was just a normal bridal shower, bridal shower where I was getting slotted spoons and stuff. <laughs> Great hyper-specific usage of gifts. I love that. Even better, she couldn't drive and lived in a very small town, so my mother-in-law had driven her to the lingerie store to purchase this gift. I donated it new with tags since obviously my husband wasn't going to want to rip something off of me that had been purchased by his teenage sister with his mother's money. She also threw a giant fit over our wedding date because it fell on her and her boyfriend's nine-month dating anniversary. Oh, my God. Hitting my head. You know, the wedding date that had been booked many months before the boyfriend came into the picture. She complained about this terrible injustice to anyone at the shower who would listen. Months after our wedding, we received in the mail a four-page front-and-back trademark Ross Geller about how our wedding was the worst day of her, her life. Oh, my God. Please don't use my name if you use this because I don't want another letter. 
Are people insane? That is wild. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. Sometimes uh, I write people back as I'm saying it out loud. And also, if I don't write you back, I'm sorry. I, I read. I laugh. I love. I live. I don't get to them all. But like, try, rest assured, I'm honored anybody that writes me any of these things. And I just don't know if people want like, you know, five hours of me going through a story. So I just try to get through as many as I can in a couple hours. Um. A bride and five of her friends, including yours truly, fly from Dallas to Chicago for a fun-filled weekend about 10 years ago. We have big plans to go on a mail review. What does that mean? I swear we end up in some bar in the suburbs where they made us sit on plastic lawn chairs while men stripped down to their skivvies and the lights came on like nothing even happened. Followed by private burlesque dance lessons, ending with a lingerie shower at our hotel. Oh my god. <laughs> High fives. This is all fine and well, and of course we got her some gag gifts, but then... The bride decides she wants to start trying everything on. I'm pretty sure it had to be around two in the morning while we were blaring Bubba, Bubba Sparks. To be fair, if the, to what, 10 years ago? Yeah, that tracks. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. Um, does he have another song besides Miss New Booty? He, that, is a, he's a, that is a fantastic recording artist that is so random to pull out of your hat when you're trying to think of a token random recording artist. You know, like I usually use a Tayo Cruz, but Bubba Sparks is pretty good, too. Um... We were laughing hysterically at our friend, the bride, in pasties and crotchless panties. I distinctly remember another girl sitting on the bed nearly in the fetal position, rubbing Benadryl on her arms to prevent the hives she was breaking out into. Oh, my God. That's funny, too, because I just said I had hives. Uh, but just from the thought of the weekend, not from the actual impression of it. Security comes to our room, bangs on the door, and demands to see the bride. I forgot to mention, she also worked for this hotel chain. We told security that she was a bit indisposed and we promised to be quiet, but the security legit kicked us all out except the bride when she was the one that was making us laugh in the first place. We did a little bit walk about Michigan Avenue and snuck back up to our rooms about 30 minutes later. This is the same trip where the bride's luggage was caused for concern when we were just trying to get the heck out of Chicago and go home. The TSA agent was amused by the vibrating sex toy she found in the bride's suitcase. Waved them all around to show her other TSA friends. Oh, that's so rude. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Wait, why would they kick you out for being too loud and like laughing? Oh, did they think they were going to kick you out for the night? That's crazy. I guess times were different in 2010. And honestly, Bubba Sparks is, could be off-putting um, to the ears of those trying to sleep around you. <laughs> uh, um, I got some pretty cringy off-register gifts at my shower, but two really stand out to me. A one, a large wine bucket with a stand with our last name engraved on it. I was lucky enough to marry someone with a first name as a last name. Half my clients at work think I'm a man named Dennis, and I honestly am too tired of correcting people to bother anymore. On top of it, our last name ends in S, so nobody knows how to punctuate it. Punctuate it. The name engraved was Dennis's D-E-N-N-I-S apostrophe S. <laughs> it's the improper plural, and it's also been made possessive. It's all wrong. My mother-in-law is an English major, author, and grammar police type, and she was dying over it. That's amazing and, like, almost better that way. Um... Also, are you related to one Catherine Dennis? Uh, two, a three foot by one foot blown up panorama photo of the view from my parents' lake house. It was framed and put on our canvas. The photo quality was terrible and so pixelated. I would guess the photo was taken on an iPhone 5, but that's not the worst part. A part is she put... Guess that she put hashtag my happy place in brown papyrus font. The hashtag and font choice is bad enough, but she didn't even properly make it into a hashtag. Oh, <laughs> it's hashtag my space happy space place. 
It should have been hashtag my happy place, but instead there was a space between. <laughs> Why is this so funny? <laughs> oh my god, nothing gets me like font humor. Um, for I'm dying over your improper plural possessive bucket, and then I'm dying over the pixelated photo. I'm dying over the the sentiment is there with the view from the lake house, but the quality is funny. The brown papyrus is funny, and then the space is making an incorrect hashtag. Is <laughs> oh my god, it could be worse. It could have been Joker Man or Juice ITC. Hell, I take a papyrus over a Bradley Hand if I'm if I'm being honest. Papyrus is obvious because it's more weathered, but Bradley Hand is trying to be so hard to be effortless handwriting. It's it's not as bad as Lucida handwriting, but it uh, almost is worse because it's trying to not be Lucida handwriting. If you know what I mean. I just think that in the world of handwritten fonts, you go to defont.com, you go to fontface.com, you download free fonts. It's so easy. It's zero minimal effort. And if you're, you know, on Microsoft Word thinking this looks fun and it's called like Playbill or Wide Latin, like, trust me, you're better, like, stick to the basics, mess with kerning, maybe go bold, I, I maybe go all caps, hell, I don't care, g- g- live a little. Just generally speaking, if you don't normally dabble in graphic design, not that I'm any sort of expert, but when it comes to fonts, typically less is more and you're better off uh, adding some flair by alternating the basics. You know, go bold on one line and then on another, don't go bold. Maybe go all caps, maybe mess with kerning. You know, there's there's balance to be had between serif and non, you know, non-serif fonts. But when we start to add in flair, when we start to add in kitsch, when we start to go from... Uh, respectable to cartoonish if if it looks like it could be the header font on the title screen of the nick jr show gullah gullah island maybe it's not best for your daughter-in-law you know what i mean um this story truly brought me so much joy and thank you for sharing it and i hope it's not too specific i sometimes like i want to see this the photo of this so badly but i know somebody gave it to you and they put their heart and soul into it and god bless them but, you know, please don't think I'm a jerk for laughing at these stories, but, like, it's a little bit funny. I, 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 love, I love bad graphic design. I live for it. Okay, I also want to go through some of the Black-owned businesses you guys have submitted. Uh, please go to my Instagram uh, page, at be there in 5 and go to the highlight free ads and submit your favorite businesses. I would love to share them. I'm still going through the original list, and the more you add, the longer we'll keep going. So the first one is I See Me Bookstore, E-Y-E-S-E-E-M-E. I See Me African-American Children's Bookstore was created in order to help bridge the cultural divide so that African-American children can benefit from exposure to literature that respectfully mirrors themselves, their culture, and their families. I love that. I See Me is the only children's bookstore devoted exclusively to promoting positive African-American images and African-American history while advocating for academic excellence. We believe that competent, caring, and properly supported teachers and parents are essential to student learning. I see me is here to help provide that support. Um, it's a black-owned bookstore in this listener's town, hometown of St. Louis, and you can find more information at e-y-e-s-e-e-m-e dot com. I love that. Thank you so much for submitting that. That's so cool. I especially like given the focal point that's been on books. There's been a lot of focus on adult books, but I'd be interested to hear from you guys what you think are the best anti-racist or educational books or books that better mirror the experiences of black children um, that I can talk more about too. We could talk a little bit about this on Garcelle's podcast, but I'd be interested to hear what your favorites are too that I can promote. Uh, The next is H-A-M-A Beauty. 
Hama Beauty is your new favorite beauty tool. It gives personalized beauty product recommendations to you, tailored based on your age, skin type, skin tone, and your needs. That is so cool. Um, so it's a new platform that uses data science to give customized beauty and skincare product recommendations. And to your, like I said, age, skin types, tone, and needs, but meaning like acne, dullness, hyperpigmentation, glow, etc. And this person who I guess is the founder, that's so cool that you're a listener. I'm always so honored. Um, she was inspired to create Hama after she spent countless hours staring at hundreds of products and promised to do the same thing. That promised to do the same thing and combing through reviews as she tried to find the right products for her. She knew there had to be an easier way, so she decided to use data to make the buying process easier, faster, and more fun. Data, data, data-driven anything is my favorite everything. Um, <laughs> I, I, I am with you. I hear you. There's so much nonsense to sift through when product selecting, and I respect the hell out of somebody who is taking a data-driven approach to helping people address their specific needs in a more um, meaningful, e- easily identifiable way. In just one month of being live, Hama has amassed over 1,700 skincare quiz searches with over 1,600 unique quiz takers, all seeking assistance searching for beauty and skincare products. Busy beauty made simple. I am obsessed with that. I also was using her website earlier because I want to be better about buying from black beauty brands. And she has a section on her website where she goes through some of the brands that are available at like Sephora and Ulta, for example, like Fenty, KNC, Pat McGrath, um, Beauty Bakery Pattern mixed chicks that the, there's a lot of great information on this website so hamabeauty.com and thank you so much for sharing submitting and for um sharing your gifts with the world in the space of beauty research which i find to be a black hole that i, I eventually get on like makeup uh makeup addict on reddit <laughs> which then leads me to, like beauty guru chatter and then like i don't need to be back down in the tati james charles of it all it's it's a it's a whole thing so rest assured i will be using your site the next one is called Lit Bar, a truly cool and well curated bookstore in the uh, bookstore wine bar in the Bronx. <gasps> My favorite combo. The owner Noel is such an inspiration and a badass. The website is thelitbar.com. She found out about them through a friend while Noel was funding through a Kickstarter and have been on the journey and visiting ever since. A listener named Heather uh, recommended them. I'm on their website. And I love that I was reading more about their mission. They're like lit, like literature, lit, like drunk. Lit with passion to kill stigmas overdue to be debunked and prove once again that the Bronx keeps creating it and that we are worthy, that we are more than just sneaker stores and we support the arts. So I stand here today and ask you to open your hearts to help us show the world what many fail to see, that the Bronx is no longer burning except with desire to read and that we thrive just like the indie bookseller that you were told died. The numbers don't lie. Did you know indies grow grew over 30% since 2009 with sales up 10% last year, outpacing book sales in general nationwide? The whole thing rhymes. I'm thrilled. I'm dying. I have goosebumps. It's it's long, and I, or else I'd read the whole thing. But that's awesome. The Lit Bar. It is um, on Alexander Avenue between 134th and uh, 134th Street and Bruckner Boulevard in the Bronx. And you have to go. I have to go next time I'm in New York. Check out thelitbar.com. I think you can shop online for books and audiobooks. Uh, in the meantime, even if I don't know what the deal is there with Corona, but something to keep in mind for when we're back up and running. Thank you so much for submitting this. Let's see. A family friend went off registry and gifted us a ceramic hen for our wedding. It was pretty enough, so we gave it a spot on the bookshelf. They later explained to us that it was a fertility hen, hen, a ceramic hen that would bless us with the utmost fertility and growing of our family. We proceeded to have two babies 13 months apart shortly after getting married. (laughs) 
Damn. Said fertility hen has been taken down from the bookshelf and is now resting in a storage box in our basement and about as far as our bedroom from our bedroom as possible. We're too afraid of the hen's powers and backlash if we get rid of her completely. Honestly, I, wait, let me look this up. Sometimes I, it's like, if they know something you don't as to why they gave that to you, yeah, to destroy it. I mean, the powers don't go away. They just transfer, right? Um, it says, chicken, French hens, or otherwise have been domesticated for centuries, but until more recently served many non-culinary purposes. Think of cockfighting, fortune-telling, and as a symbol of fertility, a hen, and virility, a rooster. Um, the rooster has been similarly praised historically esteemed for his sexual vigor and fighting in religious history as a symbol of div divine fertility. Well, I guess it makes sense that they lay, like a hen lays eggs. But now I'm seeing literature about the hen being like, about like for some, for, you know, grand fertility symbol and roosters being about sexual vigor. And I'm like, man, I'm going to blush walking down that home goods rooster aisle from now on. Might have to stick with the bakers. But I feel like I know where this is going. My cringy lingerie shower comes directly from the belt buckle of the Bible Belt, a.k.a. Middle Tennessee. One of my friends got married right out of college, and she and her fiancé were waiting for their wedding night. So she's opening up her gifts. Everything is your regular amount of awkward. But then out of the blue, the bride's soon-to-be sister-in-law decides to offer some helpful marital, marital advice. Not. The sister-in-law tells the bride she better have sex with her husband on the regular, even if she doesn't want to or doesn't feel like it, because otherwise her husband will leave her and or cheat on her, and it will be her own fault. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I need a paperback. I was so angry, I think steam was pouring out of my ears. Like, WTF kind of patriarchal bullshit is this. And, but not wanting to out myself as the girl who had sex out of wedlock with her boyfriend by offering my own advice, I kept my mouth shut. Ugh, it was awful. It happened 11 years ago, and I still think about it. It goes without saying that this is some of the nonsense that ev evangelical churches are still pushing on women, and it's disgusting. Enough ranting, thanks. I respect you, I hear you, I see you, I agree. Uh, if 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 you're new to the podcast and you want to hear me rant about this for four hours, listen to True Love Waits because it just like truly makes my blood boil and also creepy that it's the sister, right? Like I don't like when moms and sisters of the groom chime in about that at showers. It freaks me out. Um, I went to a bridal shower once where the bride requested gift cards only, no actual gifts. <laughs> it's like the inverse of what most people want. Like, okay, here's what I want for my shower: go to Walgreens. Go to that spin around gift card kiosk. Just play a game of uh, roulette. Pick up whatever the hell, whatever the hell you know comes in your hands when you close your eyes. Chilies. Let's do it. Bed Bath and Beyond. We got it. I mean, I don't care. Home Depot. Maybe we'll dabble in some uh, GameStop. I mean, the truly risky, risky business and highly specific. <laughs> whatever. I need to finish. But that is the last thing I would want. Um, so during the time when we would traditionally pull, gather around and watch her open gifts, she just opened the cards and read each of them aloud to the group. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life and made me a dedicated gift giver ever since. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's very funny to me that you just want gift cards. This said no one ever. Was it opposite day? <laughs> uh, also, I'm a, I'm a words of affirmation giver, love giver, and... If I start, I cannot I either have to write no cards or I have to write a card confessing everything the person's ever meant to me. I will not buy cards that have pre-written messages inside my name. I've learned the hard way that people like to read cards out loud. I do not like that. Now it prevents me from sending them because, like, I feel nervous people are going to read it out loud and then, like, say something. It's, you know what I mean? And it's also, like, kind of I want people to digest the cards later. They don't have to read it, like, sight unseen. Hi, Kate. When I was 21, I was invited to my i think she's, oh to a work baby shower 
Although I knew the person having the baby, I wasn't close to her or anyone attending the shower since I worked in a satellite office. Overall, it was a pretty standard work baby shower, but the organizer had decided we'd play baby-themed charades. On my turn, I drew a slip from the bowl to see my action to charade was breast milk. I acted this out by grabbing my own breasts in front of my car <laughs> and squeezing them. It was the first thing that came to mind to act it out, and I couldn't think of anything else to do in the moment. As people guessed all sorts of variations on boobs, breastfeeding, etc., I just continued to hold my own chest. To hold my own chest. And squeeze like a deer in headlights. Thankfully, someone eventually caught it. I'm sure it didn't take that long, but it honestly felt like an hour had passed while doing this. I left the job shortly after for unrelated reasons, but luckily I have not had to play baby charades since. To this day, I still wonder why breast milk is even a charades option. I don't work hard. <laughs> that just made me so laugh and so uncomfortable. I respect the commitment to the game. And honestly, would have probably done the same thing for getting where I was because I'm going to prioritize the charades over the inappropriate way I'm touching my body in front of my coworkers, you know? I get it. And I am so sorry, but it's also a really good story. <laughs> At this point, I'm not drinking wine. It is almost 10 o'clock. This person... Try to leave out details because I never... It's hard. Sometimes I'm not sure where I'm supposed to start the story. Um... This person's mother-in-law insisted on hosting a party for her son, but she did not want to, to call it a shower, since in her mind, that's for the bride. She didn't think it was fair that I was getting things from my kitchen and my bathroom, but my husband wasn't getting anything. Apparently, she was unaware that he also eats off of plates and uses towels in the bathroom. So she hosted a power wash. Power wash. Oh, God. Can women have one thing instead of a shower? Where people could buy him things that he needs, like power tools and garage things. Okay, Tim the Tool Man Taylor, relax. Like, <laughs> I get co-ed showers, I get including the guy, but like, it, insisting he has his own shower with his own things and that a shower is far too delicate and feminine, so call it a power wash. I mean, I like, I can't. That's so stupid. Um, not only was I completely aghast at the sexist notion of this, but since the town was in the middle of nowhere, my mother-in-law printed off our registry list included it in the invitations and told people just to buy something similar at Kmart. Oh, because you like registered places that weren't in this small town. She said earlier he grew up in like essentially a footloose town. Um, and it's very strict Baptist. Oh my God. Like they actually thought dancing alcohol and playing cards was a sin playing cards. I'm new to that. Um, regardless, we had to drive back an hour and a half to this town to return said item since there was not a Kmart any closer and we couldn't get cash back and had to use store credit at Kmart. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they you might be. What did they sell? I, I actually in New York, I worked at 770 Broadway, which is above the Kmart. I don't know if the Kmart is historically there, but surprisingly, I think that Kmart did well. I mean, you can get all the basics at a Kmart, right? I'm sure like you'd use it eventually, but like, yeah, maybe not 90 minutes away. And like, if it's a large amount of money, that's so frustrating. Though Kmart does have one of those uh, at per uh, the earlier shower kiosks full of gift cards. I don't know. Can you spend $450 at a Regal Cinemas? It's maybe worth the shot. <laughs> Let's see. This person said, uh, my story is short and sweet, but needing to share. If you've been to a number of bridal showers, you know how riveting the gift opening portion of the party is. Do I ever? Uh, last May, I attended a bridal shower to one of my college girlfriends. When it came to the gift opening time, she began opening all of her gifts. Followed by an Eliza breaking the fourth wall at the end of Hamilton gasp, exclaiming, 
oh my god, a colander, or insert any said household item on your registry. I had no idea. Thank you so much. Now, this reaction was confusing because getting married, you have a registry and you and your fiance make your own registry. So you don't, so you know, don't you know exactly what you're getting? Like, there's no element of surprise. I also understand being grateful, but to what point is it blatantly this obvious a fake reaction? <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, it's one of those things where when it came time for me to be the one opening them, I was like, oh, hell no. But the small part of me really finds it satisfying to uh, be the person that gets to watch other people do that because I like to gauge how well, uh, how solid their acting skills are, you know. Um, but needless to say, in Eliza Gass, yeah, so that's such an amazing reference. <laughs> okay, so we'll finish up soon. Uh, when my childhood friend, my, when my childhood best friend got married when she was 19, her bridesmaids were all even younger. None of us had a clue what we were doing, which is about to become obvious. Among those attending the lingerie shower were the mothers of the couple and friends of those mothers. My friend came from a non-religious background and the gifts from her mom's friends were typical lingerie. But the groom's mom is a very religious woman. And when it was time to open her gift... The room went silent as my friend pulled out a hand-sewn nightgown with a high collar, long sleeves, and a skirt going down to the ankle. <laughs> it looked like it should be a costume in some Dickinsonian play. <laughs> we all spent some awkward time realizing that we were not all on the same page as the gifts continued to be open. At one point, a sheer, frilly little number with love printed all over it was opened. We sat awkwardly wondering what the soon-to-be mother-in-law would think when she suddenly leaned to the person on her left and said, oh, he will love that. He has always loved to read. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, that is exactly what that is meant for. Honestly, to be fair, it is drawing attention to what I think is a bigger issue, which is the concept of like a graphic tea, but like graphic lingerie. Why, why, why are, are there words? Uh, and lingerie like i'm picturing something like with mesh and letters spelled out on it like almost like a bodysuit i don't know if this is correct at all but i can also get over that dickinsonian number that might be able to come in handy should you i don't know if you live in an area but your child will probably have to do some revolutionary war play at some point and pair uh that sexy little number with a bonnet and you've got yourself a founding mother <laughs> thank you for writing in <laughs> this one says hey kate oh, where do i begin Going to the wedding, I thought I had an incredible relationship with my soon-to-be mother-in-law and sister-in-law. My mom got along well with my mother-in-law, and it was so wonderful. I'm so lucky to be one of those brides. I can't stand her mother-in-law, etc. Um, the mother-in-law and now husband really pushed for her to include his sister in the bridal party. His brother was his best man, and his mother felt she would feel left out. So I did. My sister-in-law is five years younger than me, so she was just a freshman in college and couldn't really be bothered with the whole wedding planning thing. Every set of the wedding planning process, my mother-in-law was a nightmare. She turned into someone I didn't even know. My mother, my saint, my angel saint of a mother was planning my bridal shower. She sounded out the invitations a month in advance. And my mother-in-law had the audacity to email her and ask why her sister's daughter-in-law was not invited. I'm sorry. I don't even know this girl. She isn't related to my husband or me. And I didn't go to her bridal shower. When my mom explained it was an expensive place and that it had limited amount of people that me, the bride decided on my mother-in-law got even angrier and threatened to not come and that her sister wouldn't come either. Mature, right? So on the day of my shower, she surprisingly shows up, not her sister, though, and doesn't say a word to me or my mom. She rolls her eyes at every game we played. She did not give a gift or a card. She sat at her table with her arms crossed and eyes permanently rolled. She left after it was, if it was, after it was over without saying a word to me or my mom. 
Same with her daughter. My sister-in-law did not help set up or clean up or conduct games. Nothing. She's, she is her mother's daughter, that's for sure. It got worse from there. She demanded more people be invited to the wedding. She refused to have the rehearsal dinner, dinner where my husband and I wanted. She insulted my mom at every turn. She and her daughter refused to come get ready with me in the morning, so they just met us at the church. Neither one said a word before I walked down the aisle. No, you look pretty, or I love your dress, or are you nervous? Nothing. She provided transportation from the hotel to the church slash reception for only her side of the family. She literally kicked my aunts off a bus because they were not her relatives, but mine. She refused to have a brunch for the next day for my family she hosted for just her side. My husband and I didn't go. Her daughter screamed F you to my husband on the trolley ride over to the cocktail hour because he told her to hurry up and we were going to be late. If you watch the movie Monster-in-Law, just multiply Jane Fonda's character by a million and then add a neurotic, paranoid paranoid 55-year-old lady to your mental image and you got my mother-in-law. Oh my God. She said, Let's hope this made sense. It's hard to articulate all the atrocities when you still have lingering anger. Um, I, I'm like disgusted and horrified that these people actually exist that like make things so about themselves and like that nobody around them ever calls them on it. And just like the lifelong toxicity this person must bring to everything they do. And they never know what, how much of a bitter, horrible person they are. Like I, I bless your hearts out there. Like my mother-in-law is my, both my mother and my mother-in-law are like amazing angels of human. Like they're just such nice people. And they're um, like, you know, even if you have your own idea of what you want to do, like they'd listen and prioritize, you know, you as well. Like I, I think about, even making my in-laws go to like Italy. And I'm like, God, they were so cool about that. That would, uh, for a lot of people that would, uh, my desire to do that would have really driven them crazy. And anyway, you're a good sport and I'm sorry. And it especially makes me fr frustrated that she was like rude to your mom who wasn't, it's just like, if, if you don't want to be there, don't be there. Don't show up and act too good for it. I just, I hate that so much. And anyway, um, I hope it was heal I hope it's healing anytime anybody writes in something that's not a great memory, right? I'll do a couple more. This one's for all you COVID brides. Um, this person says, I just had a baby shower hosted by my mother-in-law that I now call a grandma shower. <laughs> oh, like it was for to celebrate her and not you. The mother-in-law lives from the South. My family's from the Midwest. My husband and I are on the West Coast. The mother-in-law is very much HBIC, and my mother's very hands-off. I have a nice relationship with both. Mother-in-law still has a very much parent-child relationship with her kids, and my parents are more of an adult relationship with their kids. My mother-in-law asked if she could host a baby shower in the South, and I thought it was a lovely offer, and my family was excited to travel for it. But COVID happened. My mother-in-law was pressuring me to still travel for the baby shower. Are you kidding me? You're carrying her grandchild. Um, I talked with my doctor. And they were all like, um, no. So I decided not to travel. Mother-in-law asked if she could host a virtual baby shower. So sure, sounds fun. I won't need a pedicure. Sounds great. She gave me the day of the shower and it was the day my husband and it was a day my husband was working. So I was going to be just sitting at home by myself. I told her I might uh, head out with a friend that weekend since her husband's had to work. And she became irate and said I had to be home because people sent me nice things and want to see me open their presents. I said I would bring the gifts with me. And she said she would just cancel the baby shower because I care more about hanging out with my friend in the shower. Yikes. I backpedaled and just said I would stay home that weekend and be completely available for her. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a kind of crazy reaction. It gets better. When working on who to invite, I, I just wanted it to be family, friends, and family. I don't have any close friends in the town she lives in, but would obviously like my mom and sisters included. 
My sister had also offered to host a shower in the Midwest, but I just said, let's do one in the South since his family's there and ours is spread out. The mother-in-law kept insisting I invite my husband's friends' wives. I don't even have most of their phone numbers, let alone feel comfortable inviting them to my baby shower. I reiterated that I just wanted family and uh, her friends if she wanted them there. Yeah, that's such a stupid thing of like, what are they, his like hometown friends' wives that you guys never see? It's silly. Like his old hockey teammates. Um, a few weeks before the shower, she let me know she ordered invites and with like uh, addresses of who I want them sent to. Oh, so it's virtual, but we're doing like a full paper invite. <laughs> oh my God. Have you guys been going to these? I need to hear about these. I haven't been to a virtual shower. Bless your heart. If you had one host on your behalf, I'm sure you did the best you can, but like people watching you open gifts on zoom is, uh, I mean, <laughs> I have no words. Um, I sent her my mom and sister's addresses and two aunts my mom wanted to include. I made the error of assuming that it was virtual, meaning others could join that weren't in the South. Uh, (laughs) She then sends back an email letting me know that they want the virtual aspect to be smaller and that inviting a ton of people to join virtually won't work for her. A few emails go back and forth and turns out she had no intention of ever inviting my mom and sisters. She asked that I not open any boxes and they were delivered to the house. I live in an 800 square foot apartment. Um... I opened most of them because I had no idea if it was something I ordered or a gift. So then the actual baby shower is about 15 women, all of her friends and family gathered in her living room (laughs) with just me zoomed in on the TV screen. (laughs) Wait, so it was a virtual shower, but you were the only one virtual and the whole party was there. (laughs) That's so weird. Like, you're like the voice box in Charlie's Angels or like Xenon talking to Nebula. Like, it's just... I know we're all video calling now, but it's so funny to me to be the only remote person in a room. Or, um, I mean, I feel like there was something that happened in pop culture recently where the person was... I feel like it's kind of like a common trope lately where people... You're, like, at a dinner table as an iPad and you have no, like, peripheral vision. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's too funny. Sorry, I lost my place. Um... All I did was open gifts and thank the women who gave them to me. There was basically no discussion of the baby or pregnancy or except how are you feeling, no advice or guessing if the baby was a boy or a girl. Ended up having a friend over that morning so I wasn't alone. She was behind the screen retaping the boxes I'd opened just so I had something to open and act surprised for something I had registered for. Exactly. Oh my god. After somebody needed you a baby hat for the baby, it fits me. I have no idea who she is. I've never met her before. Oh my god. Um... (laughs) Oh, it was mailed in a mug. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, After the 30 minute gift grab, they all started setting up an eating brunch in front of me while I just watched from the TV screen. That's so awkward. I had to awkwardly excuse myself because they were all having their own party and not even talking to me anymore. Oh, my God. Uh, This is so funny. Uh, Not baby shower related, but my mother-in-law since started reading, reading parenting books. I mean, hey. It sounds like she's a, a proud new grandma that needed to have her moment in the sun. Uh, it's so funny to me to think that like the same life phase, it, like people hold themselves to these insane, like arbitrary life timelines in your youth to let you, you let yourself, like I said earlier, compare yourself to your friends to feel behind. I guess it is funny to me that people would do that with like grandkids and so as if like you have any control over that like who cares i don't know that's funny that that would be like competitive or like you need your moment to shine but whatever floats your boat 
God bless all you COVID brides, truly. I hope this made you laugh. I hope it didn't make you miss anything. Um, I could talk about showers for days and all all the best of, all my favorite things, but I will let you go since we're past two hours. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, be sure to check out P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash be there in five for like a hundred bonus episodes. We've been doing the PowerPoint parties. Uh, every other weekend, uh, this upcoming week, Tuesday, July 21st, I'm having five people present for like a career night. And this is like a series I want to do where people talk about their different careers. And I'm trying to pick things in very different industries. And you know me, I've had 12 jobs and I want to encourage people to pivot and learn and network if they want to. And I don't know. I just want this community to benefit you guys in some way beyond hearing me yap constantly. So um, go there for that, along with the uh additional hamilton deep dives there's a gilmore girls deep dive from back in the day there's also there's an interview with my mom and sister-in-law and other stuff with kelly i actually recorded a patreon recently with kelly but we like i don't know <laughs> we had nothing we were just like we're having idle chatter and we were like this probably isn't interesting and then we just stopped recording we need to like actually do one again someday it was a lot easier when she lived here um Anyway, guys, yeah, thank you for everything. If you're ever going to a baby shower, I don't know, consider buying my book, Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, a fairy tale for the digital age. Um, follow me at Be There in Five. And the biggest thing you could do to help me out is to um, share this to your story. As I mentioned earlier, my God, it makes a huge difference when you share, tell a friend. Uh, tell a friend you have a, lived through one too many uncomfortable showers with and uh, makes all the difference. And I'm so grateful. Rate and review, give five stars. The way iTunes apparently does like rankings and charts, it's number of new subscribers, which I don't have access to, and number of um, like new reviews, which I think is really interesting. And that's why like new shows and stuff like crush it. So reviews do matter if you don't mind giving one. Um, and beyond that, if you ever need anything, email podcast at be there in five.com. I love doing Kate Lila episodes. If you ever want to call 312 379 9676 for my next episode of that. And beyond that, I'm going to leave you with a little Trisha Yearwood to remind you, you know, we used to get sick of these showers. We used to be tired of the days where we were ruled by the celebrations of others having to pay our own dime to do other people's, you know, to to, to be a part of other people's milestones. Because at a point, the gifts and the airfare and all these things get to be too much. But now that we're not spending any of that or seeing anybody, I'm sure you're with me in that. Man, I, I, I might actually want to attend one of these really uncomfortable church lady showers, you know? The second we get too cool for school, think we don't want to go to these, life slaps us right back in the face, you know? It's like, it's like Trisha Yearwood once said, you yourself was just a hayseed plowboy who didn't have a row to hoe, you know? We, we need to be put back in our place. <laughs> Please enjoy the musical stylings of She's in Love with the Boy, a song that tr- truly... Like I time travel, I transport back to the '90s when I was young, listening to this song at my friend Emily's house. And my name—I went by Katie at the time, and I was just convinced I'd meet a Tommy. There's just not any good country songs about a Katie and Greg. But you know, here's to hoping. Um, it's it's very hard to sing a song about a guy with a one-syllable name. You know, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but anyway, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it brightened your spirits. I'm going to be back with a Britney deep dive. I want to say next week, but I can't make any promises because I'm trying to talk to so many people in the process. So we'll kind of play it by ear, but hopefully it'll be comprehensive and worth it. And I do think your trial's Wednesday. Oh, and I was going to talk a little bit more about Wayfair, but I'm in a better mood now. This is exactly what I needed. So it's fine. Just, you know, be mindful of what you believe. Always fact check and look a bit deeper. 
don't be too scared and paranoid of everything in this world. Sometimes I think like we're we're not doing much and all we're doing is reading things online and like I can go crazy. Just get some fresh air, live your life. Hopefully we can all see loved ones and gather soon and enjoy these types of occasions where we're all brought down to you know brought back to earth. Or these occasions occasions will be another nightmare because we're all talking about politics and you know world events. Who's who knows what a toss up? How exciting to wait in anticipation to see if these are knockdown drag out functions or joyous occasions where we enjoy one another's company. It's it's hard to say. Uh, but anyway, you guys, I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. Even if I didn't get to yours, some people wrote me like later, like yesterday and today, and I just didn't have time. But you're the best. And I will talk to you next week. As always, let me know your thoughts. And I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. He says, young lady, get on to your room while me and Junior have a talk. Mama breaks in, says, don't lose your temper. It wasn't very long ago. You yourself was just a hayseed plowboy. What's meant to be?